right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Sally here calling in from a hotel in Monterey. TC is here. Good afternoon, TC. How are you? I'm great. Calling in from my garage. DJ Pie is here. Hello, Mr. Pie Man. Hey, Sally. Uh, good to uh, be with you. Can't he- wait to hear about your week. Thanks for having me on your show. And a new addition to the team, a not a new addition to the No Laying Up podcast. You've heard this voice enough times that uh, you may have wondered if he was a part of this podcast, but now officially a team member of No Laying Up, Mr. Kevin Van Valkenburg. KVV, what is it like to be here for your first time as an official employee? Good morning, No Laying Up. Uh, it is it's fabulous to finally be getting paid <laughs> to be on this podcast. Uh, you know, really, uh, my wife was like, is, at some point, are they going to pay you? I was like, who knows? You know, it's, it's, it's just one long rolling seven year audition. So <laughs> who should start really to ask excited. those questions right now too? Yeah. You know what it's like in these journalism streets, KVV, you know, uh, just keep but, doing some work. Man. We'll tag free. you on Instagram. Just tag me yeah, on the gram. We'll, we'll tag you know, you the exposure Instagram. is huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, you put this on like your resume. No, but like sincerely, thank you to all the people who uh, were like excited about this, that me doing this and kind of accepted me as a sort of a pseudo member of the band for many years. And, uh, and actually were, I, I woke up at like five in the morning when we were about to announce it. I was like, oh, what if no one cares about this? Like, what <laughs> if it gets like 10 retweets? And then it was like a fire hose of, of uh, Twitter mentions for the entire day. So thank you. We can t- we'll reflect on this uh, all a little later as we uh, get towards the end of the show. We got a lot to cover here. First of all, FootJoy was the number one shoe at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. 62% of the players who teed it up were wearing FootJoy. Uh, the next closest shoe brand, 10%. That is a dominant performance. That's nothing new, though. FootJoy has been the number one shoe on the PGA Tour every single year since 1945. That is 78 consecutive years for thousands of tournaments millions of miles the best players have walked with foot joy above all uh, all others these players understand that shoes are a critical piece of equipment so i more than half the field at every tournament trust the best whether it's max homa Ju- this is in the copy i gotta read this guys this is max homa justin thomas jess corda daniel kang or even tc solly and neil i don't know why other people got left off okay. this, but this is in the copy dj that's all right play play better <laughs> you know i get it i get it that's kind of like how getty getty uh, identified you as a fan taking a selfie with bill murray <laughs> today let me get through the ad read we got to get through yeah. the content man come on players everywhere trust their game to the overwhelming number one shoe in golf foot joy uh, we are recording. Question for you: We're, Is that just is that just the pros, or is that amateurs as well? I I, I believe I took it from sixty one to sixty two percent this past week. Is what I I believe it, it went from. Did you have to do a Daryl survey? Daryl survey absolutely looked in my bag and picked up my golf ball in the putting green to see what golf ball I was playing. Those, those, really? Those are the hardest working people in golf. I'm dead dead serious. Just to see, and he picked it up. He's like, okay, twenty three Pro V one. Got it. Okay. And moved on. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. They were doing a ball count for the amateurs. So I don't know if we get a, a full report on that one. But that guy could have messed with you so much if if he would have just said, Oh, you're not playing the X, huh? Interesting. Okay. <laughs> or hey, 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 this one's this one's actually not approved yet. <laughs> yeah. USJ conforming. 
for the record, we are recording this on Sunday night. There is a champion has not been crowned yet uh, for the Pebble Beach Pro Am. A lot of complications that come with the Monday finish, including some of our own travel schedules. And uh, we were just planning to do this podcast then. We got a lot to talk about, anyways. There may be a supplemental pod if there's a crazy finish tomorrow, but we can reflect on 95% of the tournament that has been played uh, to this point and uh, get to a lot of other topics. Which, Deej, now I'll give you the floor if you would like to just what, what gave you the biggest tickle maybe I've ever seen you get uh, was was what happened today on, on Getty. You know what it is, is sometimes, you know, sometimes there's a moment where you can kind of see the whole chessboard ahead of you. Right. And you're like, you know, we're, we're obviously we've got KVV jumping on the squad now. So all of a sudden we're like, oh, we need to figure out what we're doing with images. So we signed up for a Getty subscription. So I'm on Getty today. I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any photos of Sully search Chris Solomon golf. Of course there's nothing. Uh, so then I was like, Oh my gosh, I know what's going to happen. And I searched Bill Murray and there he is. And I'm like, they're, they're not going to identify. They're going to identify him as a fan. And that's exactly what it was. And not only it would have been another thing if it was like Bill Murray shares a joke with a fan off screen, but it's like, it's you taking a selfie with Bill Murray. And it says Bill Murray takes a photo with a fan during the Pebble beach national pro-am. Of course, for those that weren't following along, Bill Murray was your partner or not your partner, but in your, in your uh, group this week, uh, of course he's DA points his partner. We can get to that later, but just really good stuff, man. And, and so, you know, I know it was a, it was a big week for you. I'm sure it was a, it was just, you know, dopamine hit after dopamine hit. And I, I just, that was a good, you know, that was a good one to take you back to earth on, on, on reentry. So you didn't get the bends coming back into the podcast here. <laughs> well, we could, uh, I, what's funny is I played it as cool as possible for the entire week was definitely not like, you know, following bill around everywhere. And we get to 17 team. We're just like waiting forever to start to this morning. There's not that many people around. Everyone starts taking pictures because there's a rainbow back there. And I was just realized, I was like, I don't have any pictures with Bill yet. I was like, I got to get one. And I, I was like, finally, had, he had warmed up to me by that point. And I was like, all right, I got to get one. And sure enough, like, that's the one the Getty guy gets. And uh, and and you just proceeded to just, the Getty guy just lobbed the alley-oop and you windmilled through the legs on me. It was perfect. I, I promise we'll get to the tournament eventually. But <laughs> we tell the story of I mean, at a hoopie. Justin with, Rose is winning. We don't need, we yeah, don't need I, to get I think that's right. Do we tell the story from a hoopie when, when Bill laughed out loud in your face? And did you guys uh, revisit that at all this week? I was kind of hoping he forgot about that. So we did not revisit that. I was kind of like, yeah, we, we might, I think we met at a hoopie. I don't know if you remember, but uh, he at least pretended like he remembered. So we, we didn't get the previous dunking was not revisited. Okay. He probably still had PTSD from when I beat his ass. <laughs> so we're going to have to get you on the perfect club to talk about your five favorite Bill Murray movies, you know, well, bring you in for the Rushmore pod. So. Uh-huh. Like I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest cinephile and I'm not the biggest like Bill Murray guy. So I like don't have the full perspective on his whole career, which now, you know, after playing with him, it's kind of like, Oh, I kind of got to go back and, and watch his movies. And I probably would have, maybe I would have been pretty good. Uh, I would have been a little more nervous uh, to do that than, than I was, which you see, what do you think the odds were that you and I would both play golf with Bill Murray within a two month span of each other in two totally different se- separate parts of the country? Yeah, both both like two top, you know, 50 golf courses in the world. Just kind of surreal, right? Surreal is the is the word I would use to uh, to describe a lot of this past week. And I truly don't really know where to start. Let's let's dive into it. Uh, so, I mean, of course, Solly playing in as a as an amateur, not a celebrity. I'd love to visit that question. He was, he was uh, in the he was in the Dick Rider flight. <laughs> he was in the Dick Rider flight at the Pebble Beach AT and T Pebble Beach National Pro Am. I don't know, Solly. I mean, what like Kevin? You want to start? 
Let's yeah, I mean, I feel here. like uh, as a big J journalist here, you know, <laughs> I haven't given up that uh, title. Uh, I figured we'd go a little Frost Nixon style, Sally, and, and grill you a little bit. Well, let's just start out with what were your emotions uh, about getting tapped for this? My emotions were... Um, if Sally does it, it's not illegal. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a little bit of confusion as to why. It was a very kind of late invite. The When I got an invite, it said RSVP by December 15th. And it was like already like January like 10th. So I don't know how I was supposed to do that. Uh, I don't know if it was because of the horrific weather that ha- hit the West Coast this earlier this year, if people bailed or whatever it was, but kind of got a last minute tap to go play in it. It was always something I... It's like Gary Buehldeer spot. <laughs> always something I wanted to do and never really like imagined that I would ever get that opportunity. And uh, I was just a little anxious, a little nervous, a little bit of like, I don't really still really know what I'm doing here. I definitely... Like I, I definitely didn't want to be in the celebrity division because like no one knew, there knew who I was. It was amazing playing with Bill Murray and in front of a lot of people and like no one paying any attention to what I was doing. It was awesome. Like it was not nerve wracking at all in that way. But yeah, like legitimately, extremely, extremely, extremely excited to go do it. And um, I, I gosh, it, it to say it lived up to the hype would kind of be underselling it, I think, because watched this tournament for a long time. I have, you know, long been an admirer of Pebble Beach and I've only played it once like 12 years ago and to get to tee it up in a actual PGA Tour event with like fans out there and leaderboards and painted cups and like literally playing in the was competing in a PGA Tour event was it felt like I was in like an AT&T commercial. Like that's what like the fake shoots out there like you're not actually competing in the event but you're like in the like, with the actual fans out there it felt like I was playing in a commercial. So I was very 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 excited. Were you, were you worried that like, I think all that would have been going through my head would have been like screwing up the PGA Tour competition and like somehow <laughs> like whatever leaving a footprint in a bunker or you know just accidentally hitting the wrong ball or something like that. Dad, dad, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, truly. My dad was on the bag for me this past week. Uh, we had a, a conversation about, you know, distance measuring devices. You can't say it out loud what the numbers are. The pros can't find out what any of that is. He did a great job with that. Uh, he got, he asked the caddy for uh, directions on how to rake a bunker and he did a great job with those. It was, I was amazed too how quickly though, it didn't feel like a PGA tour event in terms of, you know, I, Chris Stroud was my playing partner. DA points was the other pro in the group. They were legitimately like a 10 out of 10 in terms of hosting the group and did not make you feel in any way like you were in their way. And like I was putting, I had like a six or seven foot par putt on the first hole and my playing partner was already in for five and DA turns to me. He's like, don't worry about picking up. Like these rounds are going to take forever. Like play your golf ball. Like we're, we're here to have fun. And that was like super helpful. That was a great thing to hear on the first hole to think like, all right, I'm not going to be in people's way. I'm not, you know, an asshole for putting an eight foot par putt that doesn't mean anything. And so I, I honestly, I got really comfortable in it way faster than I would have thought, but it was, that was due to who we were paired with and how like supportive and helpful those guys were. They've both played the event so many times and they know exactly what it's about. So how does it, how do you end up with Stroud? Does he, is there a draft? Do you just like draw it all of a sudden you get open an envelope? What's the deal? I don't know exactly. I I know that he has played with Bill and DA before in this event. And I think I was kind of the plug into that more than I was necessarily paired with Stroud or maybe, you know, the organizers knew how good of a host he would be, but I'm serious, man. He was really struggling with back issues. Like he, I was surprised he did not withdraw on day one. He had a really tough front nine. He's been struggling for the last couple of years with back injuries and like, dude, he'd like make a bogey and then he'd like come over and bend down and read my putts like every single time. Like incredibly specific, super helpful. 
every single putt. He, he kind of figured out very quickly that I might be a very bad green reader, which is kind of also eye-opening for me. And he just helped with everything. We're finally saying that out loud. <laughs> JT's pounding his steering wheel right now to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to pull over and text right now and be like, listen, Take I'm taking a pledge, but I got a text about this right now. <laughs> that, again, helps so much because like, do, even if you have like a good caddy point you in a line, it's not the same as people the again similar to playing with jt and speed the speed at which they were able to process the information and what the up and downhill was because it can play tricks on you out there it's a ton of you know elevation change and a lot of things that your eyes fix on he's like come take a lap and you're going to see that it's actually downhill it looks uphill blah 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 and all that just kind of really really put me in a comfort zone and uh yeah i i i owe the the excitement in my voice is owed a lot to how great of a playing partner chris stroud was sweet so if i told the 17-year-old version of you that you were going to get uh, to play in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am with Bill Murray. How many PGA Tour events would you assume you had won at that point? <laughs> well, considering I didn't have any college offers at 17, I think I probably would have... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what situation I would have possibly led to to this happening, but we just a lot of questions. The right right. There's Zach to, Johnson you know. poster on his wall. <laughs> a lot of questions about, I thought you hated Bill Murray. You guys are always ragging on him, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to repeat what DJ Pie has said, I believe, many times over the years on this podcast, which is that the in-person experience at this tournament, correct me if I'm wrong, DJ, you've said this, that in person, it's a totally different vibe than what you see on television and what we see like in social media, right? And I have long thought that Bill's act is repetitive and tired, and I can confirm that it is very repetitive. And now having played with him for 54 holes, I understand exactly why, because people from all over this community line up along the ropes and are there to see Bill Murray, and they are there to see him do something very silly. They're there to see him throw his club. He walks up to all of them, takes photos with all of them, shakes their hands. I asked him about like, hey, which one of your these courses is like your favorite? And he's like, well, the people at Spy are like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the people at, at Pebble are like his immediate response was about the people. Like he goes and walks outside the ropes in between shots and he goes up to people's house. People be hanging in their backyards. He'll just go up there and talk to them and socialize. And, you know, he knows a lot of those people after having played in it for so many years. And so that's where it's also like, all right, man, maybe this thing like wasn't just for me. Like, uh, you know, the same video clips get posted every year. And I don't think it's funny when I watch it online. But like after seeing it, like watching people light up in person and watching people look directly through me, like not even notice me walking in between holes just to see him was like, ah, OK, like maybe that's why this thing is the way that it is. And I. Yes, your parents. No, your parents yelled for me. They were very nice. They, I went and talked to them. Um, so and like he was awesome with me super nice with me like very normal once you got inside the ropes and talking to him and uh so listen it was a it was a great thrill to play with him honestly and i think so so neil called him the most overrated golfer of all time <laughs> oh wow during during some of our covid ranking podcasts or whatever yeah <laughs> but i i think part of it is it was never as much about bill as it was about the dance for me you know, kind of thing. Like they never put him in a position to succeed. They never like they they did a disservice to him with a lot of the coverage that that they did of this tournament. And I feel like we've turned that around somewhat. We didn't really get a Saturday telecast this year, so it's tough to know. But it's gotten better over the last few years, I think. Like I, you know, it was fantastic today. But that's you know, there were no amateurs on the course. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it's just a matter of like it's not Bill's fault 
It's no, hundred like, percent not right because it's it is like these people lapped it up, and it was extremely innocent stuff of just like hit a decent drive, throw the club up really cocky, like that happened on repeat, right? And every time people lapped it up, happy Groundhog Day, Bill, <laughs> happy Groundhog, like two days after Groundhog Day, still yelling it, and uh, I mean people were there for it though, and he just like I, I can't. I can't hate on it because it it, it was very real. I, that's what that's what it felt like to me. And he is em, he embraced his role as an entertainer and a man of the people. And I was impressed by that. It's so easy in person to to get swept up in all of it, right? And oh, hundred percent. It, it's very similar, honestly, to a lot of how I think people feel. Not to str- bend over, you know, too far and strain for a metaphor, but like it's very similar to how people feel about Pebble Beach in general. When every all the internet poisoned people, you know, and do that like do they have a point about this? Yes. And five does blow. Start to get into the like, yeah, well, you know, if it wasn't on the ocean, it wouldn't be any good. You know, if this hole should be so much better, this hole should be so much better, blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, go walk around number six, seven, eight, nine, ten with like a drink, watching golf, and like go ask it. All those people, if any of them give a fuck about any of them <laughs> that you're saying, with a forty-two dollar like, whiskey ginger, yeah, and it's like if you're the, and and this is again like it's it's good to push the envelope and push for ideals and you know if something stinks you should change it, but at the same time it's like really hard to look at any of the people you know at the Pebble Beach company and and be like, hey, I know your golf course has been sold out for a uh, hundred and eight years straight, but like you really should overhaul everything and shut it down and change it. Cause like there's some people over here who just like think it could be way better, you know? And, and I think this tournament has a lot of the same, you know, has a lot of the same uh, energy to it. Now is that, you know, will those chickens maybe come home to roost at some point? Possibly. I, I and, think they're roosting. And do we roosting. see a, do we see a shitty field at this event? And does this event probably have a lot less energy than it did, you know, five, 10, 15, certainly 20, 30, 40 years ago. Definitely. But I, I guess I, I'm trying to say that I get why it's hard to change stuff, and I get why it's kind of gotten to that point. It doesn't excuse Which, it, but I I do understand it from being there. Among very many very weird things, I will probably say on this podcast about things that happened this past week. I was actually talking to Alfonso Ribeiro about this, <laughs> um, about how he made a really good point of like, dude, there's there's one like movie star left. And it's Tom Cruise, like one guy that is the blockbuster sells all the tickets out. And I was like, what do you mean? Like Leo DiCaprio is not a movie star. He's like, I mean, name the last movie he did that made blah, blah, blah amount of money. And I was like, oh, so that's that's what you mean by it. But like, you don't mean there's no actors left. You just mean movie star, blah, blah, blah. And it was a he's like, think about how different celebrity is in 2023 versus like even the 90s when we just didn't have all this access to Instagram and all these things and and constant updates as to where everyone was. And I just found that I, I was viewing the tournament through that lens to say like, I don't know, man. It felt like a lot of big names were walking around that player village, right? In terms of celebrity, like Ray Romano came up and interrupted our lunch to talk to Keith Mitchell today. As I was showing him my video, my shot on 18 it was really rude. And, uh, and like at no point to, you know, the field is like definitely, definitely weak. But when you're there, it also like doesn't really seem to matter that much. Like it's just a, it, it doesn't, and I don't mean this in a bad way. It doesn't feel like a PGA Tour event. It just feels like a huge, massive function that, oh, by the way, we're like, we're giving away 9 million as well. But like most people seem to be, know they're there for the 
to entertain locally more than it is like I'm trying to grind my balls off for a PGA Tour event. Which not, does that make sense? Oh, totally makes sense. Which yeah. not not to turn this into you know one of our perfect club podcasts, KVV, but it's like. I think Ray Romano is like the perfect example of think about how different celebrity was when he was syndicated on, you know, TV for four hours a day with reruns of his show. Like he is just a ubiquitous star in a way that is almost kind of like frozen in time that doesn't really exist anymore, which is where I wasn't there this year. But like, I think the only people who are kind of sort of able to fill that role are like the athletes, right? Like Aaron Rodgers is a gigantic, gigantic star to everybody there. Right, but like it's really also a gigantic to... sandbagger too. <laughs> That's true, as as we found. Ooh, he played like way so good in that bullshit thing up in Montana, and he's like making eagles and birdies, and all of a sudden he's playing off a ten. I have, I, I believe, I understand why. Which there's a how this tournament I believe works is if you play in it and you're you don't make the cut, your handicap freezes. I believe at that number, so he has played in it as a ten and not made the cut, and I believe your handicap stays the same. This, that? Was, this was like my idea on that commissioner for the day pod where I said, uh, if you win the masters, you should be able to play those tees forever. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they heard that. And like, oh, Gary plays exactly. back in it. Man. Sick with that that's like, that's like a recipe for sandbagging disaster. But I don't think it's Aaron's fault is my point. I, I think, I don't know. I, I really don't know how that, how that part worked, but I don't know how he could feel good about himself winning that because his partner shot over par and they shot like 25 under. I don't know how you feel good about that, but um, anyways, it, it also is like extremely not competitive amongst the amateurs and everyone is, is obviously there to have a very fun time. So thankfully we have no evidence whatsoever of Aaron Rodgers like following the spirit not the letter of the law in various uh, rules and regulations also so, lots yeah. of layup jokes here if I you know I'm not used to seeing Aaron Rodgers get so many shots sure a lot of that flying around out there yeah. so just did he did he mention me at all Sally did he uh, bring it up we uh, didn't you know, talk you know we didn't have a chance to much, cross paths yeah. yeah but who did you interact with that was that was like holy shit um you know I wasn't expecting that you know who was awesome was Will Arnett. We Hell were, he, yeah. was in, he was in the group uh, right in front of us, and we had either like was somewhat familiar with no laying up, or like was unbelievable act. Oh shit! Now I think about it, he's an actor. Yeah, that would make <laughs> sense, but he pretended really well that he knew and was super nice the whole week, and we had a great time. Um, I spent a lot of time with Ben Rector. That was a huge highlight. Uh, we had a lot of friendly wagers and things like that. Um, what about real celebrities uh, though? I I wasn't I wasn't shy. Yeah. I would go up and that guys here on my phone for guys. Con, I, mean, I would Condi. Sorry, I didn't interact with Condi. No nothing with Condi. Alfonso rode in the car with Alfonso Ribeiro. That was fun. He is a golf junkie, dude. Every like he was grinding so hard. Every time I like overheard him, he was talking about like, so I got like 290 in, right? But the wind is down off the like he was super, super into it. Who else? Um McDermott Desmond. I, I, you know, any uh, JP McManus, anybody like that? Yeah, any Titans of industry? Yeah. I I I I spoke with John Stanky, the CEO of AT and T. Stanky leg. Eddie Q at uh, Apple. I, I met him and talked with him for a while. That was fantastic. I played uh, a practice round with Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, also known as Qualtrics Ryan. Uh, we had a great time, and. I mean, it was just like, it was extremely surreal. Gareth Bale walking around, like Michael, I talked to Michael Pena a little bit. Uh, he did not seem that very interested in talking. Talked to Jason Bateman for a little while. Uh, he was familiar with the No Laying Up pod, which was great. Bateman and Arnett golf pod would be, would I keep saying it, but if you if you listen to their Smartless podcast, I, they 
talk about golf like 90% of the time. They're obsessed. I tracked down their agent's info to make it happen. So we're, we're, right. we're, this is a working, working vacation for me this past week. But if, if you're listening, Jason and Will, join the nest, please. <laughs> We'd love to have you at TV club. Just show up. Uh, love to have you on the message board. Uh, whatever we can. Before we get to your next question, KBB, I got to say, I let my whoop die this week, and I'm actually glad because I was nervous about what it was going to show in terms of what my heart rate got up to a few different times. But if you're not familiar with whoop, it is the personalized digital fitness and health coach and official fitness wearable of the PGA and LPGA. Taurus TC is laughing at this amazing doing transition. It. doing it to him. Oh, look, he's doing it. The new 4.0 is smarter, smaller, and designed with biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. It'll tell you, first of all, I am exhausted from all this. I totally understand how Whoop can be extremely beneficial to these actual real professional athletes that have to do this every week and have to monitor their sleep and figure out how to peak and when they're working out and all this stuff. I have different perspective on that. It's got a smart alarm. It helps you wake up to feel refreshed, ready to take on the day. It helps you just make better decisions. And the waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. And if you are a member, if you have six months left of membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And Whoop is offering 15% off when you use code NLU15 at checkout. Go to whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com. Enter NLU15 at checkout to save 15%. I am ready for your next question, KBB. Uh, I feel like so that that uh, Spyglass and Monterey are sort of a black box because they don't really end up on TV much. So tell me a little bit about which course uh, you enjoyed. What's, uh, I know you played Pebble way back in the day when you were in that in your blue period and you were just dressed <laughs> just, in all blue. So uh, I believe we're still I, I there. Pebble is, you're familiar with it. Uh, what, what's, what's up with Spyglass? Tell me and, and Monterey. So we started it on Spyglass number one. That was our first round. Spyglass is championship golf. It is deep bunkers, greens that repel, insanely firm when we played it on Thursday. And we'll get to some setup stuff and we'll get to the disaster that was the delays that happened on Saturday. But could not believe with all I'd heard coming into this was how much rain the West Coast has gotten, especially this part of the world. We all saw the video of the 14th hole at the Dunes course at Monterey Peninsula getting basically swept away by the waves that came in, the torrential downpours they had. But holy crap, was it firm and also like a course that's not really designed for firm greens. Like these dudes are hitting five irons and you can't run it up. The greens are all perched up with deep bunkers. And you just got to play to like, I saw uh, Harry Higgs' caddy, Alex. Uh, he, I was like, how was Spy? He's like, play the front number all day. You just got to play the front number. And it was freaking hard. Like I probably played my best round there. And that was my highest score just because like it was um, a mistake you made, put you in a horrible spot. If you were above the hole, you couldn't get it up and down. I had, I almost drove the fourth green there. Um, and like I had an impossible chip, like literally could not get it close. And I was not even in a bad Where's position. Where's the crazy because, green, like the crazy narrow green, right? The serpentine snake. Yeah. yeah the, the, the very skinny green, but I was like barely too far and all the slopes were going to feed my ball into the left rough no matter what happened. And it was just like, it was a chess match. And watching the, when we played it on Thursday, that was the only course that was over par of the three. And it was, it was very clearly why it was like, not quite my cup of tea. Like it wasn't, you know, it, it just didn't, it, it serves a tournament purpose. Like you could have a full 72 hole tournament on that golf course, a hundred percent. And it was really difficult. It was kind of turned over to Monterey Peninsula. The next day it was like the, seeing the very first green I saw, which is the 10th green. I was like, yep, this is my tempo. Like there is a bunch of stuff like helping this ball onto the green and a bunch of shots. I really wanted to hit instead of shots that like made my butthole pucker a little bit. And for that reason, like MPCC was the short course was way, way, way up on the list for me. And spy was just kind of like very Fazio, Robert Trent Jones, like, that was like Robert Trent Jones 
masterpiece opus yeah i mean there's some awesome holes there's some really good holes some really cool views some really fun shots but there's also some stuff that i was just like ah, that's just just not my tempo but again it serves a very strong purpose in terms you feel of feel like it's a waste of like great land or is it like I don't. a credit to the peninsula I would say the best holes, the most fun holes were like the best use of the land, like two, three, like one is awesome. Two is cool. Three, the par three down the hill with the incredible views and the sand dunes. Four is actually really cool. Five was a cool par three. And then six goes back up into the forest. And from there, it's like not incredible land. Like you get a couple cool views throughout there, but it's uh, some good golf holes, but not like insanely. No, I would not call it a waste. It's just, you know, it's just, like I said, there's hard championship golf and the rough was not that bad this week, but Man, just like missing on the wrong side was an extreme, extreme punishment. All right, so this is going to feel a little bit like that uh, a meme where Obama is putting the medal on himself. But I would like you to tell us what your best shot of the uh, the weekend was. What uh, what you will dine out on for many years to come? Gosh, I, I have a list of them. If you're ready, uh, I don't know how well, let's long you'll it. Let's I don't know do how it. You'll indulge me, but I actually played really well at Spy. And listen, this is this is one of many very punchable uh, statements I'm going to make on the course of this podcast, but I played horrific at Cyprus on Tuesday and played a practice round on Wednesday at Pebble that if I had to like finish out, I would not have broke 90. Like the, it was, the wind was blowing, the greens were firm and I all of a sudden got terrified. I was like, Oh my God, I'm a Florida golfer. I don't belong out here. I'm going to get so exposed. This is going to go very poorly. I got to give a shout out to JJ, uh, my guy from Titleist. He brought the track man out to the range. His idea, not mine, by the way. Uh, got me dialed in my ball position, got me fixed. It was a ball position issue? <laughs> yeah, I was getting Ooh. too far back in my stance. Uh, I was coming in. This is what the same thing was at the NIT. Too steep. You know, when I was caddying for you. <laughs> This is too far forward that day. So, yeah, you got me too far back now. Uh, and I, I just, I, know, I don't I know, know what it was. On me. It was... Uh, I, from the first tee, so again, huge crowd out on one. I wasn't really that nervous. Like Bill tees off first. I got I got to say, I got a great one liner in. I didn't go back for it. I could have done it on every hole. Um, but you know, Bill tees off. Everyone goes nuts and huge crowd out there. And they introduced me, and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay, who's this guy?" And I nailed the joke. Absolutely nailed it. Said, "I want to thank everybody for coming out and watching me play today. It was perfect golf humor. Everybody laughed. Everybody wrote, went home and told their families about that joke, and uh, got that in. But like." I just like wasn't really that nervous, and I just came out and was striping it. I birdied. You're going on the leaderboard. Of- You're going on the leaderboard. I birdied. <laughs> going on the scoreboard. Eight, ten, eleven, and fourteen on spy, and I felt extremely good about uh, my contributions there. But Pebble on Saturday, so we had just hard ass conditions Thursday and Friday, different conditions but hard um, in the two days. And Pebble, we came out second group off. And it was so calm. The greens were so perfect. No POA, no issues at all. And it was just like how fast I was able to like pin my ears back and go after Pebble. It was so much fun. So much fun. Like firing a wedge into four, hit a nine iron into five that just was all over it. And then we got to eight, hit a great four iron off the tee. And you get to hit this six iron shot with like a gallery watching over the chasm. And I hit it right to the fat part of the green. I almost birdied that one. Birdied nine. Birdied 10, lift a five foot birdie on 11. I was just vibing my face off at that Do point. Um, Do it to him. And then we got delayed. So we, we, we got the 17T when we got delayed and we had to come back out this morning and play that. I, you know, hit a good, I played 17 in the rain and then it started hailing. That's a, and that's then a tough get, one to play for your first. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God, dude. Uh, did you hit the one iron like Nicholas? Or did you... It was so, dude, the, the, it was so hard to play golf in these conditions. Hit so. the one iron that one, one hopped off the OB stick. 
Uh, it just, you know, putting layers on, taking layers off, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was a nightmare. And so whatever, made par on 17. And then we had to wait like 45 minutes or so before we could tee off on 18 because the hail and the squeegee and all that stuff. And I, it was so cold and we're back into the wind and my heart's just pumping on 18 T like, this is like, this is your shot, man. Like, this is it. This is your one chance you're gonna get to play this hole. You're playing with Bill fucking Murray. For, you know, you get up there and I hit a nice draw around the, you know, over the tree gets into the fairway. And I already know the issue we're about to have, which is I have hit two, three woods in this tournament. I have topped them both. It has gone very poorly. It's the club I'm least comfortable with right now. I get up there. My ball is 242 out dead into the wind in the cold. Stroud, my hype man, just like it's dead red three wood as hard as you can hit it. Let's go, let's go, man. I'm like, you understand, the engine, I'm, brother. I've topped my last two. Like this is gonna go very poorly. You understand? In the in the NIT, I had this with KBV, and I hit it like a foot fat. It was, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just like reared back and fired a three wood that started so far right, and it just swept, and it hooked, and it hooked, and it hooked. And it landed right in front of the green and rolled up onto the green. Like it was maxed out. It was a, my 265 shot and it maybe went 230 and it rolled right up onto the green. And I just like I got this enormous smile on my face and walked up the, I, I ended up leaving the Eagle putt short, which hurt, but made the birdie and walked up. I mean, having my dad on the bag and like making that walk up 18, like, like it's truly like, I, I don't know if I'll ever have an opportunity like that in my life ever to do any of that. Like hit a shot, hit a shot at 18 at Pebble with a gallery, like playing with Bill Murray with my dad on the bag and like not to get too sappy, but like my dad, uh, my grandfather passed away a month ago and it's my dad's dad. And it, it's hard to like watch your dad go through that. A parent like go through that. And one thing he reflected on was he, he, my dad retired about four years ago. And he said in the last, you know, four years of his dad's life, he got to do a lot of stuff with him. And he was so thankful that he was able to retire and do that. He would have never done it otherwise. And it just made me think about like, I need to continue to do things with my dad. And he was the one that introduced me to golf and we got to make a, <laughs> make, make a walk up 18 together. And it was, uh, it was, it was like the, coolest freaking experience of my life i think and uh it i just love this game so much i love him so much and uh i'm just i don't know man it was it was a really freaking cool moment and i'll have that forever did you run into macklemore ever <laughs> god i was hoping d could come up with something to bring us back to levity he did i was gonna make a joke about the franchise like you know, dumping my clubs out or something like that like like how that how that moment's not possible for me if my dad's on the bag uh, he would find some way to fuck it um, up but todd how, how much long do you think this is gonna take man we gotta we get a reservation to the bathroom we gotta, we get going we'll probably skip these last couple <laughs> oh, but no, I've, I've like, I was a great four ball partner this week. I, 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 you know, people are like, dude, you must be like 25 under par. It's like, no, how four ball works. Like Chris and I covered each other up really, or didn't cover each other up. You know, we ham and egged it really, really well. And, uh, I played good golf when I need, needed to, if I'd had to sign my own card, it wouldn't have been the prettiest. I think I shot 74, 73, 71, which I was pretty proud of considering all the conditions, but it wasn't like I just blitzed the whole thing, but made like 10 birdies and we just had so much fun. It was, it's just really fun to execute shots with a lot of people watching and some pressure on you. Like it, you know, I don't know. It was, it was just a total, total blast and a thrill. All right. That's all I got. What a, what a great thing. We got humor. We got pathos. We got all of it. It's like a, 
It's like a novel. I mean, I <laughs> so, you did, so you didn't meet, meet Macklemore? I did not meet Macklemore, unfortunately. Yeah. I met. I spent some time with Charles Kelly from Lady A, and of course Ben Rector, like you said, a fake celebrity and Schoolboy Q. I uh, did not meet Schoolboy Q, but another shout out I got to give was like the Tuesday, like the pairings party. I, there was a ton of players there, and I asked one of them. I was like, "What do they like? What do they pay you guys to be here? What's the arrangement here?" And he's like, "They're like, no, we don't." We don't get paid for this. Like we just, you know, it's really fun. Like free food, free booze, and there's a lot of music. Like we're all we were all on the corn ferry tour last year. This is yeah. sick. <laughs> I gotta say, it's like nothing few things give me more anxiety than seeing you hit that shot at Nance's house, uh, into the, his part of the because all I could think of myself is like I, I if I had that at shot someday, Jim, if you're listening. I, I would blade it off his house. Like I would just absolutely like skull it sideways right off the window. They're there. foam golf balls. It helps a lot. They're like, it's oh. called almost golf balls or whatever it is. So yeah, again, to top off a ridiculous week, like Jim invited us over to his house, my wife and my dad as well. Just like the three of us gave us, like we hit balls in his backyard and we drank, well, drank his wine out of master's glasses. It was like, I don't know how I don't, like, I don't know how I get to do this stuff, but like, I'm at least I I'm I think I'm at least appreciative of all this stuff and it's incredibly cool and it like all combined into one week and uh almost made a hole in one at Nancy's, which would have been which would have been sick. What was but his call? He said he he that's that's where I got the it, it, shot of his life here, Dottie, as it was on his way to going in. Like he was he was he was You're like, he was wait, no, I don't up. think Dottie likes this. He <laughs> doesn't like me. Do you see Greller and Speeth at all? Oh yeah, saw yeah. as I was getting ready to leave today. Speed comes up and taps me. He's like, "Ever seen anybody shoot fifty nine in the wind?" I was like, "Who did that?" He goes, "I'm about to. See you later." <laughs> and went out and narrator. He did not shoot fifty nine <laughs> in the wind. I don't think, but I appreciated that that confidence. Not uh, enough trucks parked out there for him to bag it off of. Saw them. Uh, yeah, they were getting after it. It was. That's another thing, though. Like, Speed shot thirty nine on his on his first <laughs> night. <laughs> Leroy. <laughs> but so. I again, I, I'm I'm swept up in the the recency bias of the on-site experience. But walking around, I was never like, oh, dude, like I wish that that was John Rom, or I wish Morikawa was here, or it, I guess in person. It, it my reaction to this is, you know, maybe w- in previous years when it was super confusing as to what are real PJ Tour events and what are not, it was like, dude, what is this event? And now it's like, well, wait a second here. If we're gonna clearly call out what is upper tier and what is lower tier. Like it's very clear what this one is, and I think as long as that is like understood, I don't know what, like we at this in the same voice, you know. And I've complained about this event in the past, but now it's like crystallizing for me. In the same voice, I've been like, you know, this field sucks. Like this this event needs like an update of some kind. Yet now it's like, wait a second, we're also saying every week doesn't need to be a peak. Like it, it the other events like need to stand out, and this just like very clearly fits into a different category for me. So I think the only pushback, I I totally agree with that. And was kind of trying to come to terms with a little bit of that myself this week. And the only pushback I would have to that is that it, it feels a little bit defeatist to have that attitude when we're talking about like Pebble fucking Beach. You know what I, I mean? Know. Where it's I like your best course on the whole calendar. Like, no, I just want like everything you said is totally valid, Solly. And maybe this doesn't need to be any more than it is or whatever. But like uh, also maybe you move this event to uh, somewhere else and we have a, a real tournament like at Pebble Beach. Well, you know? all right. So hold on. So, so I think, so Joel Beal had a really, really good article this week in golf digest actually yesterday, uh, basically laying out the same things. Like you said, this is one of the weakest fields in recent memory. Spieth, Hovland, Fitzpatrick are playing. Otherwise they've got, I think, uh, it was seven like, of the top 50. Yeah. There's 21 of the top 100 and half more. More than half the field is ranked outside the top 300, which is tough. And there's some quotes in there 
from the tournament of like, hey, we're not changing. Like, this is our format. We're sticking with it. We like, you know, we like the time slot. Like, yeah, you could move us a week, you know, in either direction. You could switch us with Tori, all that stuff. I totally get all that. Spieth also had a really, like, Spieth, who's contractually obligated to play this event, had a really, really good point, too. He's like, hey, like, at some point, wouldn't it be great to have the best players in the world? Like, if if this week was Rom and Rory, who are both, like, these two charging lions at each other, like, just, you know, getting ready to, like, do battle on 8, 9, you know, coming down the stretch, 16, 17, 18 at Pebble, like, that would be freaking awesome. And I feel like you can have the best of both worlds. You could go to Pebble twice a year. That's where I landed. It's 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 either like play the Pro-Am in the fall, like do that this in the senior event back-to-back weeks or something like that and do a big a big dick event, if you will. Garrett, in, Garrett Morrison was thrown out of the Tour Championship. Like I was moving the Tour yeah. Championship oh. to Pebble would be so oh my God. sick. A firmer, a firmer, drier Pebble like for these guys would be unbelievable. I was going through the same like exercise of this week of like how do this this event still makes sense to me though again if like the local totally. thing and the tradition of this thing is very real and like pebble is a part of that right yet i have all often felt when and a lot of listeners listen to this like i've watched it on tv and just wonder like why can't i be more entertained by this event and it's just uh, it's just stuck right it's like to an antiquated thing moving into like the tv era of golf and I don't know if there is like an easy answer to it. If uh, I, I would go two back back to back weeks could work too. Like do like uh, you know the lower tier event first, give all the top guys the week off, and then lower tier guys can play their way into the upper event, and you go back to back weeks at, at Pebble and Spy or something like that. Maybe you don't play NPCC in that one because three courses adds yeah. so many freaking variables that are a nightmare. And I don't know. I, I, I it's it's stuck. They've solved some of the entertainment stuff. I think where like. Hats off to CBS, and we'll get to the action from today. But CBS was like they've re they've reimagined how they cover this event, and I think hats off to them. Like I'm, I sound like a complete dick rider right now, but like that was that was probably one of the most enjoyable Sunday afternoons slash evenings of watching golf I've had in like the last five years. Like it was, and like it didn't matter who was playing who was on the screen like right it was just it was like watching the best players in the or like you know like watching some of the top 300 players in the world play some of the coolest golf holes in the world yeah. also fun when when the cbs camera operators just get to get to cook out there yeah when, they, when they get Hold good up, light when they get good light and good <laughs> angles and they're like setting up it was yeah it, it turns into like an art piece it's awesome i'll also say like some if, if you let's say nothing is going to change it's going to be the same some weeks the competition can be the star the players and some weeks the course can sort of be what carries it and look do i think it's as fun to see peter malnati out there and you know as it is to be see john rom no but also i still really like watching pebble was, and <laughs> so that's going to be enough fun for it was me it's also to fun in. to watch peter hit it in some of those bunkers today <laughs> and then, and then yeah. like, get out of no like get out of jail from from right of one or you know, I mean, some truly outrageously bad drives from him. I think something else as well is just like the, like it kind of marks, and Joel talked about this in his article as well, like how the nature of the PJ Tour has changed. Like this used to be a place for guys to network and line up sponsorship deals. He he called out Phil Mickelson and Paul Casey in particular, who were like, yeah, we don't miss this place. Cause like, we just, we straight up, like we play this event every year because we are lining up endorsement deals or 
you know, investment things or whatever. And it seems like a lot of the guys, you know, A, the money's gotten so much bigger that those guys don't necessarily need to do that. Everything runs through the agent. These guys are more disconnected. And I feel like, I don't know, like, I, I guess that's part of me sad because I feel like, like, like a guy like Keith Mitchell feels like he's not going to miss this event because, you know, let's favorite say, event of the year. He said was, it was his yeah, favorite was event say, of the year. Like Keith, Keith would, you know, like whether he gets to top five in the world, he's still going to keep playing this event because he gives a shit about that stuff. And he likes, you know, he likes the hobnobbing and he likes all that stuff. He like, he just gives a shit about people. Right. You had a, you had a great, great uh, point on Keith TC real quick that you said, I, I believe your quote was his entire aesthetic is built around uh, being able to show it off on a gloomy day on the, the Monterey Peninsula or sunny day on the Monterey Peninsula. Yeah. The whole look, <laughs> the whole look is built for the Monterey Peninsula. And it, it was good to see him thriving out there this week. I'll say this event too is like very much, it's not for Colin Morikawa. Like it's not for Max Homa, like the people that take their craft incredibly seriously. It is for people like that are there to have a good time. Like those guys are there to have a, an enjoyable week on the road. Like Joel Damon, was like in the player's village, like pounding Guinnesses after the round during rain delays and was there to like enjoy himself, right? And there is a lot more to life than golf and your job. And a lot of the, the pros enjoy like rubbing elbows with the celebrities that are there and just the concerts that happen at night and meeting people on the Monterey Peninsula and going to cool dinners and lunch. Like they're playing Cypress Point. Like there was so much fun stuff going on all around this tournament. They get that again. I go back to like at times it didn't feel like a PGA Tour event. Like it really didn't. Like you kind of forget that they're. You know, I'm I'm sitting around, I'm sitting around updating Hank Lebiota on my my status on the leaderboard on the AM side. I'm like, oh yeah, how are you doing? He's like, oh yeah, I'm in fifth place. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I was, that was I was the up. first round leader. <laughs> my one wish, though, I think in all that is like, this is a I think a good example of I wish that some athletes had a better appreciation for the history that came before them, right? So if if Bing Crosby isn't out there, like charming people and yeah. you know bringing frank sinatra around and you know putting on a sort of show the pga tour might not exist it might look a very different sort of thing if if the you know 50s and 60s were like basically uh, who gives a shit about golf let's let's have more interest in the nba or whatever so i kind of just wish that some of the people who are making more money than they could ever spend generationally would sort of step back and say, you know what? Like I get it. I, this is kind of annoying. It's a nuisance, but I wouldn't be doing what I was doing. I wouldn't be able to just write checks for cash for a house. If the pebble, you know, if the clam, the Crosby clam bake hadn't sort of built the foundation for who I am, uh, it, my league, my you know, professional sort of status. And, and I don't think a lot of people, just have the sort of like grasp of of what this tournament meant to the PGA Tour in its growth. Well, like, what's the? I guess th that kind of leads me to my question of like, what's the future look like as far as how like how can you work within that box to improve it? Like, like why is J.R. Smith not in the field? Right? Like, why is you know like I shit? I mean, Trevor Lawrence likes playing golf. Like, I know he's at the like. I don't even know what the fuck the Pro Bowl is at this point, but like he's there this week. Like, why don't why isn't Trevor Lawrence there? Like, lean more in because CBS is deep into the NFL. Um, lean more into that. Like, figure out how to get bigger. Josh Allen there. was a nice. Josh yeah. Allen was was a big presence. He can swing it. That guy had a yeah. nice golf swing. But like, I think that's yeah. More more present athletes can only help this thing. And, and I, the, yeah. musicians and you know actors and all that. It's like you know, and I know we get back to like you know culture is fragmented and everything as well but like you know kenny g and i like i'm not sure you know i'm sure like 
there's there's plenty of dudes that play golf on the road, right? There's plenty of there's plenty of musicians out there that play golf on the road. Let's find some more of those. Charles Barkley would be a great addition yeah. to this. Well, right? and tell me if I'm wrong though. It feels like it has turned over, like in recent years. Like I don't think Gary Mule, like everyone's favorite Gary Mule Deer, <laughs> is in this, or you know uh, Kenny G. I don't think play, was playing in it this year, right? And they do have more. I don't know. It seems to be a conscious thing for them to get more younger people in it and and rotate people in and and whatnot. But was Lars the cable guy there? Uh, I did not see Lars. I will say though, like an incredible, like up close seeing the logistical. <laughs> operation that is this tournament with like almost certainly weather delays holy shit getting what's 156 times two golfers to their holes across 54 holes winding roads through mountains and stuff like that and their player guests and their caddies was one of the most impressive impressive logistical operations i've ever seen and like it it can also speak to how things went very wrong for the PGA Tour on Saturday, which I don't know if that's the next topic we have for today, but I know we, we need to talk about that. I think we should get into it. I mean, I, I don't know that it's really that valuable to speak to, like who might win or who might not. You know, I think uh, the Team Rose situation is we're, we're monitoring it. Uh, <laughs> but, but Tron, I think we should punt it to you. You know, you had some frustrations with the uh, the logistics in a way that sort of the the decisions were made to call things off. I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you. And I think just tell us what your, your main beef was with how. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I mean, granted, like, sorry, you can speak to this. It seemed like conditions are drastically different at each course. Right? It can be, it can be. Yeah. It, it, from is that, like, is that microclimates over here in TC? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to lead into that. <laughs> you don't like, you don't like the weather wait five minutes situation. Cause we, we watched that uh, play out over the final hour on Sunday of like a sideways sleet as Malnati and Justin Rose were playing the eighth hole and then like perfectly sunny five minutes later. And so spreading that out over, over three golf courses, which means 54 different holes means yes, you're going to have like very, very much when, when they called play uh, on Saturday, I was very much in a situation where I'm like, dude, it's like five miles an hour here. And they're like, no, no, balls are blowing off the greens and rolling backwards at Monterey Peninsula right now. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I think there is like, that's just something that you can't, I don't know how you plan for that over 54 holes. I think there are some things you can do, but they've made, there were some mistakes made. There were some mistakes made that this was an avoidable situation for sure. Yet it's also like, dude, it is really freaking hard to get like a challenge right for the best players in the world when they can do whatever the hell they want with the golf ball and be able to adjust to a changing forecast that threw a tw- knee-buckling 12-6 to curveball at the tour. It's just like roll back the ball would be – we're going to talk about this for a long time, and it ends up at roll back the ball for me. But, yes, there's some mistakes that were made. I, I, like, I just don't understand how the, like, you're playing links, like seaside golf, right? Like, like at Pebble, the greens are never crazy fast. Why are the greens that fast at Monterey Peninsula, A? Like, why do you need that, B? play on these courses every you know you switch between dunes and shore i mean the fucking name of the course is the shore course like it's you're gonna have and like you're you're sitting next to the biggest body of water in the world in early february like of course you're gonna have some shit that like pops up unprompted you know in the forecast like even if it's a 24 48 you know even if it's a two hour thing i'm like oh shit we didn't see that in our forecast and then be like like I feel like you're using all these same pins pretty much every year, right? Like, like, like that pin on nine, they use that pin every time they play the dune, the uh, short course. 
And that is where we can skip right to this, right? Of for those that don't know, when you have a three course rota, everyone plays, you know, you play one course Thursday, one course Friday, one course Saturday. They keep the pins in the same spot or same general area on every hole so that all the players play the same golf course. They move it a foot or, you know, here and there, whatever, but everyone plays the same pins. And so if they wake up, you know, if they knowing going into Saturday, if they know winds are going to get crazy, they can set up a golf course to say like, okay, this part of the green is unusable. We need the safest possible spot on nine green. Don't care about the scoring average. Winds are going to be crazy anyways. Let's find the safest spot. But when you've put it in a pretty challenging spot on Thursday, you cannot move it come Saturday. That is their rule or approach. Unless Patrick Reed's coming through, then they move it. <laughs> I would say, the like, okay, yes, mistakes made in the green speed. Green speed's too fast. Green speeds are too fast in general. I, I think on, in, in all of golf, I'm I'm weighed down with that plan. It's like the one week where it's like, who gives a shit? It's a pro. Right? Correct. Like, like, don't need get, to be this fast. Let's get guys through. The pace of play is outrageous anyway, right? Exactly. So... But I would say is, listen, it is better to have had a few groups play different pin positions on a couple holes and be able to finish on Sunday than with their current situation, right? And I don't know whether it's a hard and fast rule they have of like, this is how the tournament has to be run. You are playing these holes in such drastically different conditions anyways that, I mean, when I played Pebble Beach on Saturday morning, it was pin your ears back and go do whatever the hell you wanted. It was awesome. It was really fun. And when I played Monterey Peninsula, it was raining sideways and I was wearing double rain gloves. So it's and not that's like the easiest course. So you correct. should be able to like, you know, guys are getting punished on a day like there where like they can't be making birdies when. Yeah. And I'm know. saying like the variables are so different when you go play that ninth hole at Monterey Peninsula anyways Move the pin. And if you got to move a pin from an easier spot to a harder spot on a more secluded hole, do that too to balance it out. That's fine. Like there, this is a very imperfect competition with all the variables of the draw and everything going. And there's, there's fucking amateurs putting out like before you hit your putt and you can learn from amateur putts out there. Like it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, a like, it, let's suspend the regular hundred percent like yes. policies. Right. And so I don't think anyone would have complained about a few pins moving like, Oh my, Oh yeah. But they got to play the easy pin on nine. It's like, no, Dustin dude, Rose like, would have complained. Yeah. He they would have, they would have complained. I love it. Joke of a pin Tron. The middle of the green is an absolute There was joke. so much complaining going on this week, all from guys that should be extremely thrilled to be playing at PGA Tour events. But I, I, that, that's where I think they painted themselves into a corner this week. And it sucked. Like it, I know people want to tune in on Saturday and watch Pebble and like not get to play sucked ass. Like it, it was playable at Pebble. I mean, it would have been tough. Like I would have had to play 17, 18. Which and, I think that's what everybody was excited for, right? Is like to see these guys get actually challenged. And then... Like going back to the microclimates thing, it's like if there is my or really if there are microclimates, then the conditions are radically different in each golf course anyway. Why does yeah, it right. matter well that set them up for what they are? Yeah, totally. and 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 then it's like just you know like I know next week's elevated that complicates matters even or designated. I'm sorry that that complicates matters even more. To where it's like at some point, why don't you just just try to get as many people done on each golf course as you can and then figure it out on the back end of like, you know what, we're, we're sending these guys off at 7 a.m. at MPCC to get these last, you know, eight holes done or whatever. Because um, like, like, I mean, really, Team Rose got absolutely fucking crowned. Crowned. <laughs> it worked out well for him. It also sounds like he may have had a valid point for wanting things shut down at Monterey Peninsula. But, but, it, but it was two holes out of the, it was two pins or two greens out of 54 holes. My question is, is this the first time in history that you've ever had lift cream in place 
for an entire week while they're simultaneously watering the greens. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the case. That very well might be the case. Also, lift clean place was a million percent necessary from the jump. Like it was, it was mud ball niche out there. And as soon it was actually, I mean, it was relatively firm on the greens, but as soon as it rained again, it was like, oh my God, there's so much water sitting beneath the surface that's been sitting there for a month that is waiting to just come rising to the top. But yeah, it was, it was LCP. I know we like to give them shit for the lift clean in place, but let me testify. This was a lift clean in place week, <laughs> but again, I think, uh, I think things could have been avoided if they were willing to move some, pin, a couple pins and it, it was well, then, then today, why, like, why can they pause play on one course today, but not do that on Saturday? Did, did only Pebble pause today? Yeah. Yeah. Did not know that. I don't know the answer to that. Is that just because it's Sunday and that's they're making an exception because like they're trying to get to Phoenix? It just seems like they it seems like people are gonna complain no matter what, right? Like they're gonna c- complain if you know if it all has to be simultaneous and you know, my course was underwater while you guys were at, in the sunshine, so you made me keep playing. Like they're gonna complain there, or they're gonna complain if you're changing each course and kind of using you know, treating each one like its own environment. So I, I feel like you got to just like do the rational thing, which is to treat them all like their own environment and yeah. choose that complaining. And you want to keep pulling on this string? We're going to land at 156 people for a golf tournament is fucking insane. Way it is many. insane. Way and like Liv is not going to run into this problem for all yeah. the flaws that Liv has, like figuring out that 48 guys should play in a golf tournament and, you know, blah, blah, blah makes a shitload of sense like they're not going to have monday finishes they, they probably will but like they have way more windows to do this stuff in than like trying to fit all these like it's insane to fit this many people in but that you know like, you know what would have been helpful today shotgun start <laughs> what do you think about all the wds this morning or, or last night i should say yeah i mean again it's like when you're a thousand miles away i'd have been like oh look at these guys what assholes pulling out and like when you're there you're like yeah dude i got like i'm gonna miss a cut by five and i got like two holes to play and i can get home to my family tonight instead of like tomorrow like yeah like that makes a lot of sense i i, I don't like, think it seems like a lot of those guys are we'll go play a monday qualifier yeah, it seems like a lot of some, guys are like, some of them phoenix did. monday yeah some of them did. if you if you get a hot week in phoenix and it, it win that it changes your life For right sure. this you're missing the cut you know, we're grinding out for the honor of things. I and it's it. not like and I, I texted Chris. We had two holes to play and he was outside the cut line, but closer to it than I realized. But I was like, dude, if you need to bail tomorrow, like do not show up for me. Like we're totally fine here. It's like, no, f- like I, and DA points showed up this morning to play two holes and was way outside the cut line. Like these, and these guys are like, dude, it's just the right thing to do. Like this tournament's been amazing to me. I'm here to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bail on it. So I had no problem with guys that, that, that bailed on it. And it, again, when you're sitting there at it, it's like, dude, I, I would really be in a hurry to get out of there. If I was those guys and had to do it again the next week for me, it was the coolest and most fun week of golf I've ever played. So like I was going to be there regardless of anything this morning, but for them that do it professionally and like go week to week, totally understand. If it. Chris withdrew, would you still have been able to play? <laughs> I would have played anyways. I don't know if I would have. <laughs> I would have gone for sure. And like, just sprint out, out there yeah. and hope that the the pink don't and, come drag you off. Solomon nine forty. So you're not on the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, I'm just gonna go and hit right now. Thanks. Uh, just back to the actual tournament. Uh, let's let's assume for a second that maybe Justin Rose wins this. Uh, does it do anything for you at all? Do you feel like it's been four years since the world? Uh, former number one, uh, here, one here. Is here here's matter? what I'll say: not not a Justin Rose uh, fan. 
I, I you, think you, you've always been on Team Rose. You are Team Rose. You know, like, I, I, uh, just not not my favorite golfer in the world. I don't actively root against him necessarily, but just it just doesn't really do it for me. Uh, take that for what you will. But I will say I, I got to give some credit where it's due in that, like, how fucking easy it would have been for him to go join live and yes. for him to cash in massively on, you know, as a major champion, Olympic champion, future Ryder Cup captain like he could have gotten a very 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 big check hasn't and instead has like clearly continued to grind and and actually like totally lost it it seemingly and totally found it and rebuilt it and you know had a some he's had like a pretty good uh west coast swing i think had a pretty good fall and now is on the cusp of winning and so not my favorite guy out there but i gotta give some credit if he does get it done and if he doesn't you know that that's fun too so uh i'm excited to watch tomorrow morning we'll see what happens i'll still give him credit even if he doesn't win for the exact thing you said as in i do uh, part of like why i've hated about that some of the guys that have gone that were just like maybe slightly on the down tick of their career was like after watching them achieve great things was like dude this is kind of part of the deal with golf nobody rides the high forever like Part of the the shitty stuff is what makes the good stuff worth it. And like falling back into a safety net in your twenties or thirties, whatever you know, whenever you did this, is like not why I like following golf, right? Like part of the stress is the deal, right? I mean, Spieth went through three years of not hell, but like really bad golf in his, and he's like trying to battle his way out of it. Ricky, to his credit, would have been super easy to go, and he's trying to grind his way out of it. And so I, I'm with you, DJ. I got to give Justin Rose respect that. He fits the bill really, really, really well for Liv and has not done it. And I, in that way, I'm rooting for him. I am really excited about Justin Rose being a Ryder Cup captain because, like, if as someone who loves that competition above all things, like Justin Rose is a is the great European Ryder Cup captain. A little bit smug, a little bit sort of you know very into it. Uh, come off, you know, be a little bit sort of snarky with other players or the press I, i'm i think i'm really bummed about the idea of ian poulter never being a Ryder cup captain just because of what he's meant to my watching of that event and so if that never happens that's a huge bummer and if you just continue to pick off more and more guys who were sort of an important part of it as players if they never got to be a captain that would be a huge bummer so i hope that like he's on the sort of short list for 25 uh because i think that would make a lot of sense and i hope that that's one of the reasons that and just stayed. so much context with his career too right where like i know paul mcginley was kind of a, a curveball captain anyways but it's like it's not like i have many or any memories of paul mcginley playing professional golf really right whereas like justin rose at medina I can, you can picture that pretty fucking vividly man like that that i remember happening him him getting to, yes him getting to you know winning the u.s open i remember that very vividly like he, we're going to be robbed of kind of the westwoods polter sergios like all these guys that you know our generation have grown up watching getting robbed of them as Ryder cup captains likely maybe not who knows who knows how it'll shake out maybe the dust will settle and those guys will all have their turn but uh assuming that they won't as the way it looks right now and uh that that kind of blows i don't know what they're going to do for those gap years we could be looking at, at the hoy guards as co-captains it's possible or ludwig mm. ludwig yeah. might be a playing captain in a couple of years yeah <laughs> beyond rose like he's you know he's currently up two shots over denny mccarthy who's 
just went completely unconscious on the front, on the front nine. Like, Can we talk about that? Uh, the Augusta Birder tweet about how much Danny McCarthy looks like Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh my god, that, that would kind of hit me like a fucking very cold scary. Water. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, birdied one, two, four, five, six, seven, and nine, and then makes the turn. Birdie, birdie, 10, birdie's right? 11. No, 11, birdie's yeah. 11. Oh, he had like a 12 footer on 10 that he missed. 10, 15 yeah. footer. And then bogey's 13 and 14. Birdie's 15. He's on 16 right now. And he's got a 14 footer for birdie. So, you know, he's, he's like, I mean, seven under through 15. Brendan Todd's playing well. He's five under through 12. Malnati's scraping one together two under through nine. I'm going down the leaderboard right now, but the tournament's not over, so it makes sense to go down the leaderboard, uh, guys. We'll allow it. We'll allow it, TC. We'll allow Pendrith, it. Pendrith hit an iron off the tee on 18. I, I was very happy. Again, shout out to CBS. Happy to hear Trevor Immelman question that one, like, pretty, you know, pretty respectfully, but a little like, yeah, I don't really get that at all. This guy nukes the golf ball. He's got a chance to make an eagle post a number before everybody else make everybody think about it as they're going out to play those tough holes in really cold weather tomorrow morning. And then he just makes like kind of a gross par scrapes it together, makes par horrible birdie putt on 18. And yeah, now sits in the clubhouse, what three back of the lead. Yeah, and, he's but anyway, 12 in the clubhouse. It's good to see Trevor. I, I was happy to see him call that out. And then Amanda, you know, kind of closes the circle on gets an interview with him afterwards, asks him about it. It's like, Oh, there we go. This is the storytelling context. We, we've got the beginning, middle, and an end here. This is great. His answer was that it was a, you know, he wasn't driving it well. His teach out the minimum uncomfortable. The wind wasn't right. It was cold. It was like, oh, that's a lot of reasons. And yeah. in his defense, there's only one guy that hit the 18th green and two on, on Sunday. <laughs> so. and, and he's Canadian. Like it was just very, it was just very oh. Canadian of him. <laughs> So, move, yeah. Sort of inoffensive, yeah, yeah. but just kind of like, oh, can, you know, eh, meh. Can, can I take a second to to uh God get home from there? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a boot two sixty. Yeah, hey, all, all the oh, Canadians who no. are not driving it well. All the Canadians Canadian. who are getting furious right now notice that I'm not partaking oh. in this. Direct your mentions to TC <laughs> and KVV. Can I talk about Malnati for a second, please? I feel like we've used him as an example over the years. No one possibly more than, well, Tron has more than me, but <laughs> I've, I've shit on the guy no one, nonstop. Al, almost no one more than me. Uh, use him as just the example of like the, we got to death panel this guy. We got to get this guy off the tour, get him out of here. I was so tickled by his interview on Saturday. He's just, he was so genuine. Is he like a massive cheese ball? Yes, he definitely is. He's the guy from he's the guy from Tchotchkes in yes, uh, office he, space. It, that's exactly right. You hey, want YouTube. some jalapeno poppers, extreme get fajitas? A, get, get a room, room you two. Brian's got thirty-seven pieces of swear. <laughs> the more I thought about it, though, the more I'm like, you know, is that is, is what's a bigger sin here? Is like just being like an extreme cheese ball, or like being an extreme cheese ball and pretending to be someone else? Like that guy, I think is is pretty obviously being himself out there. Can't hate him. You can't hate on him for that. You know, he's. He's doing his thing. He clearly just like wants to play really good golf and hang out with his family. I think it's pretty obvious that he's maxed out his talent more than maybe anybody on the PGA Tour. Uh, keeps his card, hangs around, has a win. So, I, you know, I was kind of maybe I'm just getting old and sentimental, but I was I was talking myself into uh, rooting for Mel Naughty a little bit. Each, this week. I'm, I never thought I'd get there. I'm right there with you, man. 
Wow, this is huge. Just, you know, like I feel like I need to just spend some time with him and get some positivity and some sunshine in my life. I was bummed to see no kind bar uh I know, I hate endorsement that. on his yeah. on his on his outerwear. Maybe he just didn't have it embroidered or whatnot, but uh they had too much a lot of sugar that. in those. Maybe too much sugar. <laughs> team, team Rose might have an issue with that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give a shout out to Bo Hostler? Sure. Sure. 67 on Saturday at Spyglass, or most of Saturday. He finished today, but uh on Spyglass. But that was just that was an exceptional round. He was he he doubled six, which was his 15th hole. But he was uh gosh, he was seven under through 14 at Spyglass yesterday in like the shit, which was serious strong. Golf. He seems like he's He's coming on. He's another guy that, like, he, you know, he's always reminded us of, of a golden retriever. <laughs> I know. We thought he'd be running around on Carmel Beach down there, chasing <laughs> tennis balls after his round. But he, he just seems to be coming into his own a little bit. Don't say us, by the way. <laughs> I, that was a Randy take that I do not see at all, by the no, way. That's, a, that's a, like a Randy TC, Neil, and DJ take. <laughs> yeah. You think he reminds you of a golden retriever? I don't, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Randy used to say it. I thought it was just because Randy hates dogs. It didn't like Bo Hostler. No, I can see how you thought that. Can you guys make a list for the new employee about which takes I have to claim and which ones I have to disagree? <laughs> sure. Well, we're not going to mandate any of your take. You, you you can pick and choose as you like. A couple other guys. Keith Mitchell. Keith's kind of stalled out a little bit. He's he's three back, minus 12. Thoughts uh, on the mic'd up segment on the on the third hole? I thought it was great, except for the wind. Yeah, yeah The conditions were a little tough for that, but... It's gonna be a lot easier in Phoenix, I think, when they're like playing dome golf. I would but, think so. But John that, Lamonti calling him off his shot and so you know, good. Great little nugget in there. And Trevor is awesome at just like not asking, like, hey, how's it going out there? Right. Like, how do you the wind is doing this? How do you prepare for this? And it led straight to Keith being like, Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the map last night and like looking at which holes or or which direction. So you know which pins are gonna be gettable and you know, match it up with the pin sheet and seeing, you know, start visualizing what shot you're gonna hit off certain holes because of the wind direction and things like that. And you hear again, just like it's not like game changing, but you hear the conversation about them agreeing on like a one fifteen shot and then the wind changes a little bit. John Lamonte comes in, talks him off of it. Or you know pulls him off the shot. Change, they change it to a one ten shot, and he hits it and lands it right pin high. It was just like, dude, that's just again, it's not like viral content. It's just really engaging. My eyes and ears were super focused on the TV, and that's a great improvement. And it, it just is so. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't mean to say obvious like it's like in a smarmy way, but it's just like who the fuck do you think is watching this tournament, man? Yeah, yeah. It, it's like the sickest, sickest, <laughs> sickest golf sickos that are watching this stuff and it's like just they don't want to hear you know and, and you can hear it like you can start to see it bump up against the rails of like how many sweaters you got out there how many which actually was kind of a funny joke but like mm-hmm. you know they start to fall back on the crutches of like very boring kind of generic questions and it, it's awesome when trevor or nance or Nobolo or whoever snaps back into just like no, no no talk to me about that wedge and then you get really good stuff on like no we the wind switched and so we took four off of it and what he was doing with his track man and how they were normalizing numbers and it's like that's it just think about who's watching this content like what do those people want to see like don't don't try to imagine you know some milk toast thing that's going to bring in people who are already not watching in the first place which is what so much golf stuff seems to be it's like but. specificity and then like trying to like 
like I applaud them for for leaning into the the golf sicko, yes, you know, wonky stuff instead of going the other direction. I think it's such a validation for like no, like when you do that and you bring up the level and you force people to like, you know, learn something about golf instead of spoon feeding and going to the lowest common denominator and just pissing everybody off. Like, oh my gosh, imagine what happens. Like it strengthens your product. Well, I think, and and we're gonna get into this when we talk about the full swing stuff eventually. I think, but that was one of my. One of my things about that, even coming into, you know, even before I watched the episodes and now that I have watched the episodes is like when you do take it down to that lowest common denominator level, golf is just not interesting. And like the thought I know is like we need to make it more approachable for casual fans. I'm like, well, I, I get that thought, but it's not the same as basketball where you can just show slam dunks. It's not the same as F1 where you could show fiery car crashes and beautiful people in crazy places. It's not like, it's not that it just, when you strip away all the nitty gritty stuff, it just gets really boring. And that's why I think this segment's like the, the best example of what the opposite looks like. And TC, I'll, I'll push back on you. You know, you were almost somewhat hesitant to give CBS props in terms of you were hesitant to be a D rider, I believe was the phrase in there. And it's like, I want to no, shine. I'm, a little, no, I'm no, super. I, yeah, I know, yeah. but like, I don't yeah. think you need to put up a disclaimer that you oh. feel like a, a D rider by doing that because when we were really hard on them, it wasn't for the sake of like being haters or being hard on them or like just shitting on something. It was because there was like a massive gap in like following the golf tournament and like me, us being the biggest golf fans imaginable and wanting to just straight up not watch golf. Like that is really hard to do. Right. And it, it it's okay. It's, it would be disingenuous of us to not acknowledge the drastic improvements that have been made. And I don't have the same feelings of dread when I flip it on now, are there some times when the commercial load still feels too big, but I honestly like think they forgot to go to commercial for like 30 minutes at one point today, or at least it felt that way. Right. And like, that is such a market improvement and that it, you know, sure. People are always going to, you know, if they want to hate, they can hate and think we're just D writers for the sake. Again, I don't know what the basis is for that, but dude, I spent, I spent like six years shitting on CBS and calling yes. for like Sean McManus and, Lance Barrow and all these people to like lose their jobs. So I feel like I have some deep in yeah, LinkedIn. Like I'm allowed to I'm allowed to praise progress. When, and I well, think like deep down they didn't want to admit it, but they they were kind of like, God, dude, these guys are right. Like, okay, we gotta make some changes. And it they've embraced it, man. I got it. You have to give them credit for it. And they've become the leaders in presenting golf. And this team, this team is really good at talking golf. And that I think we owe a lot of that to Trevor. He's a great quarterback. But they were great. I mean, it was great today, like when they had them all in the director's chairs along along the coastline, like like they had 45 minutes or an hour to kill at the start of their broadcast when there was nobody on the golf course. And they did some stuff with Arnett and Bateman out there, which was which was great. Then then they got in the golf course. Then like they, they're adding features. There's all sorts of new camera angles. Uh, like you said, it seemed like they forgot to go to commercial um handheld cameras galore of, i think they probably buried a bunch of commercials during the delay but true that's but still like that was something that they you know yeah. they used to like front load and then also just do the regular load once they got going there was stuff there were camera angles just regular camera angles drone shots on seven on eight on mm. nine that i've never dreamed of seeing a pebble you know and like it didn't it like it got to the point where it didn't matter who was playing in the tournament it was it, i just wanted to see guys hit golf shots i wanted to see rose hit that shot on eight or, you know, see guys hit hit the shot on seven and they truly brought it to life. And, you know, I mean, shit, Ian, like even Ian Baker Finch said something critical today. He said Michael Kim's 
putting is not the strength of his game, which is, which was just <laughs> number, uh, number 8,000 in the world, which again, <laughs> flashback to four years ago when Fox had the U S open at uh, Pebble beach and they had drones and Nance came in the booth. He was like, wow, look at that view of seven. I've never seen that from a drone before. Yeah. It's like, God, you guys have broadcast this tournament for so long <laughs> and you've never brought that view. And now it's just standard. So it's the, the level of, of coverage has, has been risen. So, and even just being able to see, like, I mean, doing that thing on, number four was it three or four with Keith on three with Keith Mitchell today like those are two of the most underrated holes in the entire golf course that normally get lost in the shuffle as they're trying to fit a bunch of shit in at the beginning of the broadcast that we never get to see and it's like oh my gosh this is like it's delightful to be able to watch that and you know see these holes see the best holes in the golf course in a really really cool light today too so a lot more stuff to get to what's next any concerns about Hovland I mean, yeah. it's just kind of like, you know, he was there, he was right there today. He's even through 11 right now. It's just, uh, it's just not happening. You know, he's, he's amazingly has like some of the most like worldwide PGA tour and European tour wins over the last three years. Yet I had to like double, when I looked up that stat on data golf and I had to like double check what they actually were. And they're like, of course, a bunch of Island victories that, you know, in off seasons that are weird and whatnot, but yeah, I'm ready for, we're ready for a big one. We're ready for at least like a medium size win. Cause I don't even know if he has a medium size win yet. And then, uh, I just wanted to shout out Brandon Wu. We, I've been really impressed watching him today. Uh, and he, and he's got that big ass hat. <laughs> it looks like less miles. Is he? <laughs> Potentially all hat, no cattle, TC. Uh, looks like Coughlin's uh, chipping has improved this year. I just looked it up. You know, like 39th uh, strokes gain. Obviously he not did a hit a sick shot on 18 at the end of round three. He was in the tree uh, by the green, like on, on near roots, on a bald line, hit a really bold, nippy uh, pitch that stopped and spun right next to the hole. It was spun, really, really yeah. good. Yeah, I think he. I, I guess I don't think he. Did he not play the Middle East stuff? I don't think he did. I don't I think, think he he's. I don't yeah. think he's played anything. He's played the Century this year. He That's it. Took a ton of time off this yeah. winter and was spending a lot of time in Norway and played Century, but was not sharp and has I, just been working himself into shape. I think maybe okay. he's just that yeah, just getting back into it. I, I could I honestly low key see him playing good. At, I just want to see him be a week. killer because I really like him and like I love yeah. his game and he's so good with his irons and everything. It's just, it's just solid. Like one more thing about Pebble, just like playing it kind of in tournament conditions. Is there? It seems like there's something super cool and weird about it, to where it's like this combination of small greens and like weird slopes around the greens. Like on eight yesterday, or yeah, uh, on on Saturday, Keith Mitchell had like one of the most like the grossest up and downs I've ever seen, or just stuff that you're like like you wouldn't see that on any other PGA Tour golf course. And Pebble just has it in spades. Well, it, what was amazing, again, playing it Wednesday and playing it Saturday was two totally different experiences because Wednesday, again, was like playing with two left feet. I mean, if you ended up above some of those holes, sometimes you couldn't even keep it on the green. Um, I was so nervous I couldn't even spit on some of those chips. And it, But like then all of a sudden when it gets soft, it's just like, oh, shit, like this is kind of simple. Like, it, there's a, that fine line of... This place can be really hard. I walked off Wednesday. I was like, dude, is Pebble like one of the hardest golf courses in the world? Like, I never feel like that watching it on TV, but it feels like it now. And then when it was soft and the conditions weren't there, it was like, oh, okay, maybe it's really not. So it, it dances that fine line. But there are so the greens are so small, yet with such rigid edges to them 
that if you miss the small greens, you're trying to leave it on the fat part a little bit. But if you miss like on that bad spot on two or bad spot on one left of it or up on those, that hill on eight. Oh, my God, dead. I went long on 16 because uh, I airmailed the green there. Oh, my God, is that dead? And I went long on 15. Totally toast. Like, and then you got to, like, land your chip in the rough. Yes. And, <laughs> and hope like, for the right bounce. Yeah. To trundle forward. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's yeah. a – I have more respect for Pebble after yeah. – again, I hadn't played it in 12 years. It is a – Pebble rules. Dude, the, just the I scenes were just – Incre- it was incredible. Like I, I live in a beach town and I'm used to seeing coastline. And then you go and see like both Maui and Monterey Peninsula again. We're just like, Oh my God, this is like what real coastline looks like. <laughs> uh, Kevin and I were talking about the other day. I mean, I, I think like the U S women's open this year could be oh my God, without exaggeration, like the coolest tournament in the history of women's golf. Right. Like, I, I don't know what you could make, make a case that like the open at, you know, the women's open at deal course is up there, but like, I, I don't know how it gets too much better than, uh, especially if Nelly has like a really good spring or if, you know, a- any of these other top players start to really like grab the bull by the horns. Uh, Lydia obviously is like beating people up again. Like having any kind of stars collide at pebble could be just the, the absolute coolest. I, I can't wait for that tournament. We played the amateurs played the tees they're gonna play for the U.S. Women's Open. It was sixty four fifty seven is what we played it at. Um, so there was like longer than they usually play it, like a back across a little bit of the ditch on three and a couple places where they, some of the other amateurs that had played it before it said the tees were not there. And uh, it's gonna be an, it's gonna be a very interesting test of golf, and I'm very excited for that. Can we talk about the finish on the DP World Tour this morning? <laughs> well, oh I was just God. gonna call out speed real quick. I was completely. I put 92 nuggets on him this week. I just, yeah, that's, app- that's tough. Called at, at, you know, the round three performance. And then I wanted to shout out Paulo Hera, who's a, uh, <laughs> is that a pro or an amateur? Pro. Found We're out like two or three weeks ago that he was in the field. Uh, I guess they gave him a sponsor exemption. He's like number one on the Tartan tour in Scotland, oh. which is like this fifth tier, like pro tour. Hasn't hit off of natural grass in like, <laughs> three months and <laughs> oh. goes out and makes the cut. So Damn, I just, I just wanted sick. to, I just wanted to shout that out. He's playing with speed in the final round here. So that's a good shout out. Solly, did you see the, uh, the finish on the dude? Perfect. Tour this morning? I did. It's about the only thing outside of what I uh, played it this week that I actually saw what a thrill that was for those that did not see it. Uh, Daniel Gavin's showed This is of course the, the Roswell Kamaya, uh, championship TC, <laughs> not to be confused with the Roswell Kamaya open. Yeah, open or is it open or classic or whatever? Yeah, Something. whatever the other one is. Do you guys think about like Raz Al Ghul from the yes. Batman yeah, movies? That's exactly time what I, I think. Mean. I almost say that every time. But uh, Daniel Gavins comes to the tee with a two shot lead at 18, hits two balls in the water, uh, hits his tee shot in the water. Just like it, it's <laughs> it kind so of a uh, what what would be a hole that it, it's like a reverse 18 at Sawgrass kind of. Or no, I guess it's a par five, right? So it's like a reverse 18 at Pebble, almost like the water's on the right instead of the left, and just blows his tee shot way right. It's like in, it's like Bay Hill, water. almost. Yeah, but like exactly. a par five instead of par four. Yeah, he hit driver with a two shot lead on 18 with water all the time, Correct. right? Uh, sweet. Takes a drop, goes for the green uh, with a three wood. Never gonna believe where that one ends up. Just an unbelievable, unbelievable series of events. Hits like kind of a shitty wedge on. And then makes like a 20 footer for double 30 uh, footer. <laughs> 30 footer for double, which like, which, you know, he ends up winning the tournament outright. It, it was, 
wow. it was truly unbelievable stuff. Well, yeah, so Bjork was like, I guess up ahead, he bogeys because uh, Gavin's had a two shot lead, and then Xander Lombard, who was leading, so he was in the last group, missed a 25 footer for Eagle. Yeah, he had a chance to send it to a playoff. Yeah, it was just really, really good stuff. Would would recommend looking up the highlights from that one. Was, Gavin's was... had had a crazy round. I mean, he had like he birdied like five holes in a row at one point. He had three bogeys. He had a double. It was like pure cocaine. It was awesome. It, it was whiffs of the uh, playoff at Lofoten, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the triple triple to win. A- anything else? DP World Tour. Yeah, Sally, I don't, I don't want to bring this up. You know, it's tough for you. Tough day for the Hoygaard twins. I went Hoygaarding this weekend, and they did not yeah, did. close the deal on Sunday. It's okay. It's fine. We're Imagine. still waiting. Still waiting to hit my first bet of the year. We're gonna, everything else in my life is going great of the except se- for of this, the season. Of the, the season, season not just the year. Uh, matching seventy threes. Uh, Rasmus finished T six. Nikolai, the defending champ, finished T thirteen. Uh, KVV was asking what the what the difference is between the Hoygaards is. Um, they look, they're very identical, I guess. John Huggin had a great, great feature on him, uh, last year, a couple years ago in golf digest, but, uh, Nikolai's a couple minutes older than Rasmus. You may see that. Um, but, uh, but otherwise they look very, very identical. Uh, I think Rasmus is kind of like, like he had earlier success, uh, both as an amateur and as a professional, uh, he's kind of longer, more languid, smoother swing. Nikolai's uh, like longer off the tee, quicker, shorter swing, a lot more erratic, more of a bomb and gouger. Uh, and I think this is very interesting. They have different coaches. So they're not, they're not coached by the same guy, but I would say Rasmus more polished, uh, probably has more shots in his repertoire, more composed under pressure. Nikolai's ceiling is, is probably higher if he can, he can harness his power a little bit more. So, okay. Thank you for that. I was trying to explain to my daughter this morning the difference between them. I was like, I honestly have no idea. I just know they're twins. And she was like, what? <laughs> what? How are there twin golfers? It's unbelievable. Can we can we talk about the news of the week? Oh, no. TC? Swoken Bridge? Yeah. I think somebody I saw digging this up on Twitter that, Tron, you were years ahead of this, called the Swoken Bridge a disgrace. Uh, when we were there for tourist sauce, always one of my favorite takes. Uh, Swoken Bridge so overrated, and it, now I think it is a little overrated. Kind of a almost a self fulfilling prophecy as they, uh, for those that didn't see the photos, put put a bunch of put paving a, stones, put a ball sack on it. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a swilligan patio. No, it, it looks very patio ish. For uh, you know, I'm I'm projecting here, but I I'm guessing it's a foot traffic issue for for those that uh have been there you probably remember that area in front of the bridge gets pretty chewed up obviously everybody goes you know walks right through there it's often muddy uh and so they took it upon themselves to kind of extend the stones it's a uh, diy project tack a, tad, a patio on the on the uh front end of it and it, it didn't go great on social media i saw they issued a statement today about it uh I don't know if you guys had any uh, any reactions, serious or not serious. They're saying it's it's also like in keeping with, I guess it was like that a couple hundred years ago, which you know, I mean, uh, it, it you know, it just doesn't look good. I think is the only thing I would add there. It just doesn't fucking look good. But a couple hundred years say, before that, there was nothing. I don't think they yeah. should do that either. If I may yeah. say, it didn't look good before though. Like it was so downtrodden and like uh, the artificial turf looked awful. And the just like let it be mud, right? Just like like sometimes in the year it's gonna just it's gonna be a little like during the Dunhill, like it was it was already wet and cold more than usual, 
and it didn't even look that bad to begin with. Like it, like it looked more natural than it does now. Now it like, like Tim Heron tweeted something out today where he, he put a, hot tub in the middle of it it was kind of like what we did with sawgrass like 17 yeah. <laughs> green there where it just it just looks so unnatural it is funny to me that the people are like how could you do, like mess with this sacred monument and you know this is like holy ground like dude they used to play this course in a completely opposite fucking direction <laughs> like there's a, now a hotel that juts out in the middle of one of the holes like i don't know that sacred ground is quite what we're like this is a little bit overblown. It's it's a very extremely funny thing to take very seriously. Definitely. I've had so many people replying to my tweet of like, "Chill out, man. Like you need to, you know, like you need to just just relax. Like the Lynx Trust is the caretaker of this. They're they're doing the best that they can with this. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Do you think they put this out for a bid? Like that the. The, the Murphy brothers from the down the road in St. Andrews got to sort of do an assessment about what they thought it would cost. I can't imagine the to... paces that they would have gone through to source the stone, to take bids. Like if there's one thing like the Lynx Trust and the RNA and all that are that they're not going to do. Those is are just two like, very different things though. Well, true, true, true. But even still, I, I don't think they're, they're going to go through the paces here and and uh it's going to be very 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 well thought out which which almost i hate to say this for our friends at the links trust but almost makes it funnier that like <laughs> that you know you, you it's just it's i don't know if you're going to let it if you're going to let it ruin your day i think i think you need to reassess your well, it's also priorities like, but like, it is very funny and it does look very bad they should have like not closed the old tom Moore, like the tom morris golf shop there right next to 18 green like there's other stuff that they've done it's like in not keeping with the tradition of the place I, I don't know it's just you could just make it like pebbles too i mean it's not like there's someone's getting a lie off of that no one's like it was laying up short of the bridge there to you know attack the 18th green i feel like so. all they're doing is like extending out the muddy area too right like people are just gonna like there's a bunch of people that are standing around that like waiting to take pictures it's just gonna extend the area out so i don't know Sally, anything this week in James Hahn land? No, I saw him a few times in passing in player dining. Um, did you say hi? <laughs> I did not say hi. The ball's in his court. I've, I've, I've sent a request for him to come on the podcast, and he's not replied. So uh, I think the ball is in his court. But I wasn't, I wasn't like, so, yeah, quite the spot for like, hey, I've given you a lot of shit on Twitter. I like, hope we can laugh about it and would still would love to have you on the pod just, you know, as he's preparing for professional events. So I got back down by James Hahn. You could say that. That's fun. So I, I took a little bit of spin through his Twitter just in anticipation of this. Uh, not a lot of activity in the actual tweeting, but a lot of likes of like Elon Musk tweets and uh, tweets defending Patrick Reed. Uh, so about what you'd expect. Uh, I think you know, I so. would say that I, the segment probably ruins the segment because I'm guessing that it's probably going to be the end of uh, a lot of his tweets that are quite controversial. It's unfortunate, but yeah. he's... He may have logged off. Very much so. I saw we have a uh, uh, Patrick Reed statement was made this week uh, in response to um, the tree fiasco uh, in Dubai last yeah. week. Yeah. Did, did you not read this? This I, was this was a. Uh, let's get back to golf, guys. <laughs> this was a. Uh, I don't. Man, I don't know where to start. He uh, he posted an Instagram of a text message <laughs> of a statement that was that he sent to like, it was blue. So like he sent it to somebody else, right. Or somebody like if somebody sent it to him, it would have been gray. So I don't know who's, I don't know whose phone this is from. 
I think but Justine texted it to him, but also said like screenshot it and texted him the screenshot. Allegedly. 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 Yeah, this is all allegedly. All, alleged. all alleged. All alleged, of course. Uh, and it starts with some people love controversy, says the guy whose mm. wife allegedly uh, has a burner account that goes off, goes after uh, many, 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 many other of the game's top players, allegedly. Uh, but what happened at the 17th hole at the Hero Dubai Desert Classic was a non-issue. Oh. There we go. Don't even, don't even need to read the rest of the oh, statement. Oh, of course. As the DP World Tour confirmed, I was not asked to identify the tree my ball struck. That was done by the Shotlink volunteers and several marshals. He doesn't say this, but they were probably jingling change in their pocket as well. <laughs> I was asked to describe the distinctive markings on the ball I was playing. I am looking forward to this week's Asian Tour flagship event at Royal Greens, uh, <laughs> which is such a fucking dystopian <laughs> sentence if i may just kind of break this down he he is saying just in the most non you know admission of guilt denial ever the volunteers told me what tree it was in all they told me to do was like identify the specifics markings on my ball which i did completely ignoring the fact that there's video evidence of his ball going into a different tree uh he also so said it's 100 percent mine it's definitely mine yes it's 100 my ball Allegedly, I don't, we, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but I don't know how you don't just pull another ball out of your bag and just say, like, see, here's how I mark my ball. It's it's the same as that. How one. have they not put a bucket truck truck up in the tree to don't see know. if that ball's up there? I think it just wanted to go away. Yeah. Yep. That's every everyone involved no, with that tournament would but, just prefer that it this go. This is away. a European tour event. Why doesn't the European tour like they have no they have no allegiance to Patrick Reed at this He's point? A lifetime, lifetime member, member Tron. Like, like, I think the uh, I think the rules official Marty Jack and Patrick I think the rules Reed. official bung, bung, bungled it. And like that's like they had to like cover it. It was so yeah. soft. I honestly the, the rules official ought to like own how soft that that, yeah. that was. Like that's where the I get that Patrick Reed is gonna try to do what Patrick is going to try to do to like flirt with the very letter and spirit of the law. But the rules officials cannot just sort of roll over and be like, well, okay. If you say it's hundred percent your ball, like good for you. Let's just, let's get uh, back actually, to the golf. I think it's we can just all agree. crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy to me in his statement. He says, I was not asked to identify the tree. My ball struck. I was asked to describe the distinctive markings on the ball I was playing. Like, and, and he doesn't say I saw that ball up in the tree through the binoculars or anything right. like that. But he did say it's 100 percent my ball. So, TC, you got anything on uh, on Bubba saying everyone knows the aces? <laughs> <laughs> that was great this week. That made well. And Mike Mike Lorenzo Vera uh, had a great tweet uh, in response to all the Reed stuff. Uh, th again, this is Mike Lorenzo Vera's words, not my words. <laughs> uh, he said, "I just don't understand how players stay silent after being robbed one spot by someone that cheated." Fantastic golf player, but Reed fucking cheated. Four exclamation points. How can you identify 100% something very specific on your ball that is not in the tree? Three question marks. How is the not? How is the guy not DQ? Four question marks. But let's just throw an alleged in there in case there was any confusion <laughs> that it was someone else's tweet you're reading. Allegedly, you're reading in someone else's tweet. Yeah, I'm sure. in on over punctuation too. By the way, Michael Rensen I mean, is French. Man. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, Deej, could you read Shane Ryan's tweet about uh, the four aces? Because it's just, uh, it really, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, this is one of my one of my favorite tweets of the week. This is, into the context, you've probably heard about it by now, but uh, this was Bubba's infamous quote about how 
he was having a, a conversation with his son watching watching the golf and his son likes the aces because he also likes the yankees and the chiefs and all these other teams and that was the moment when the light really went off for bubba that like team golf is going to be a thing uh you know my son can really wrap his head around it 10 year olds all over the world are going to love the aces everyone knows the aces uh, because they just keep winning everything. And uh, Shane Ryan, I appreciated him tweeting this. Uh, <laughs> I don't expect a lot of sympathy for this, but a hard part of being a golf writer is telling people what you do and it being immediately hit with questions about the Aces. Quote, <laughs> do you know the Aces? Have you met the Aces? Can the Aces win again? <laughs> golf is about more than the Aces, folks. Uh, just, I, th- I feel like Shane Ryan is leading back into being a, an expert troll, which I think is... Is where he he really thrives. His Twitter One of my feed is sentence of humor. Literally, like, hey, if this makes DJ Pi laugh, that's that's <laughs> a success. I don't care if fifty thousand people will be confused by this. If it makes DJ laugh, I'm gonna tweet it. That's I think might be right. It's just God, right in my right in my Q zone. Bubba also shouted out the Stingers as well. He knew the Aces. He knew the Stingers. Talking about this, his son, I think this is after Bubba had like was already in the. He was already leaked in one of the promos. Like he yeah. clearly already signed his contract to be part of Liv. Bubba was Switch. recruiting players a year ago in Saudi <laughs> to play for Liv. Yeah. Uh, and then Bubba, awesome. there was there was a headline as well. Uh, Bubba Watson to beg Jay Monahan for a chance to play in the PNC. The Liv golf player is desperate to play in the tournament for the sake of his son. Like, why can't Liv just host their own, like, father-son? I mean, I know, like, with custody schedules, it might be difficult to work out with all the divorces and going on, but, like, you know, you could you could definitely feel like Liv could have their own father-son event. Sounds like they might be hosting a couple of their own events. Oh, based on, uh, you want to do that? I don't know. I just, I, I saw a little, the rumor floating around about a Augusta land purchase that was, I don't know even if that was reputable or not reputable or if you guys have any more information on that, but. Sounds very reputable. Just like I, I think the core Crenshaw element of it was not reputable. Right? Yeah, there's a okay. So just setting the scene, there's a, a block of land just north of Augusta National that allegedly between 350 and 400 acres that allegedly live has is either under contract on or has purchased or is thinking about purchasing or something like that to build their own golf course and host an event again, maybe allegedly either before or after the Masters, which. I saw the rumor floating around on some various tracker adjacent accounts, yet also heard it from somebody at uh, somebody somewhat local uh, to the situation when I was here at the tournament this week that like kind of knew some some facts behind the scenes that were like, whoa, or alleged facts behind the scenes that were like, oh, OK, well, that's very specific. Uh, so maybe think it is might the- be something there. Is the thought then that they're just going to like build their own Augusta National and host their own like fake masters? That sounds honestly sounds I'm, extremely cool, man. I am way <laughs> in on this. Like this is this is going to be awesome if that is the case. Like they should just play it at that place we played in Myrtle Beach that had the replica holes. So it's yeah, like it's got sw- it. and it's got a smoking bridge. <laughs> yeah, with no That's ball right. sack. <laughs> it's got the real smoking bridge with the, the unit unit smoking bridge. I will say like some of our. People are, are people familiar with the area. Uh, Luke Boatwright was like, dude, the, the area that has been circled on this like map here is like thousands of acres. I don't know that this is quite the nailed down journalistically that the way that people think it yeah, is. Yeah, I was talking to some people too. They were like, Yeah, like like the land cost on this, unless the person selling this land just got the best deal ever. Like they're they're paying like 14x what an acre should cost in that area. So that's on honest Abe. Winning in Saudi, yeah, yeah he he, he won in Saudi, oh, by two over Cam Young, 
Uh, Lucas Herbert finished uh, third. I'm, I'm not sure how he has not gone to live yet. And uh, so, uh, Sodom, Sodom finishing fourth in which, the Middle East. Which one? How about that? Let's, yeah, which one? Yeah, it's true. As always, <laughs> we don't know if it's him or or one of his uh, lookalikes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I legitimately, honestly forgot Saudi was existing this week, and I saw not one shot from it. I, one of my favorite tweets I saw this week was like, "Oh, if Cameron Young won, you guys would have been slurping it." it was like, really? totally, what? yeah, for, for sure. sure, definitely, for sure. We were really high on Harold Varner going before he left for live last year when he won it. That was awesome. Yeah, that was so no, great. that could could change everything. We celebrated. We, we had we had MCs for uh, Mickelson, Cam, Bubba, Nah, Bryson. DJ W deed. Uh it's a par 70 at Royal Greens. I feel like they're playing a lot of golf People tournaments. Know this, Move on. Keep <laughs> going. People know R70. about Royal Greens. <laughs> Augusta's Royal, a par 72. Royal we Greens. know this, okay? Royal, Royal Greens should have a Swoken Bridge. Maybe maybe the Saudis buy the Swoken Bridge and, and repatriate Ooh. it too. Just airlift yeah. Next, you're gonna there. tell me yeah, that 18 at Royal night. Greens is a par five. TC, we know this, okay? Let's move but on. I'm telling you, Sully, how can I take this seriously? Nobody shot over 72 on Sunday, which is nuts. It's crazy. No one ever does on Sunday at Royal Greens. It's, they have easy yeah. pins. They have all the Sunday pins. Yeah. Go gettable at Royal Greens. So they got rid of all the all the emaciated players. <laughs> yeah, what's, <laughs> like going on? what's going on? There on Sunday? I don't know, man. That was a very weird look. Very, very weird look. He was uh yeah, looked very looked very gaunt. Uh, but talking about how he was down to his what do you say, high school weight or college weight? um his fighting weight his fighting weight and was just very bullish on his game he keeps teasing you know all this vindication that's going to be coming out uh you know everything's going to be justified just wait just wait just wait if we're looking at the facts it's it's phil missed the cut in uh saudi arabia this week that's that's just wait dude just wait yeah they're banking on more duels uh in i guess <laughs> european tour events with with pga tour guys he had a he had a sick tweet about uh you know if there was a rider cup between live and pga tour like the pga tour wouldn't wouldn't allow it because they would crush the pga tour guys so badly <laughs> yeah yeah there's one thing i think about with phil it's just rider cup success <laughs> like right just i guess ass kicking in the rider cup he does so much of that what so i this is not on the agenda but People would kind of laugh when I threw this out that maybe the live guys would not get uh, champions dinner invites at the Masters. Like, wouldn't it be weird as fuck if they did get invites? Like, who of the yeah. of the current guys would want to sit down with those guys and act like everything was fine at dinner? Like with Patrick Reed and Phil. Like, isn't that like? Wouldn't I thought you were talking about which of the live guys? I'm like, oh, all of them. Yeah, for like, sure. All all of them would want to pretend like that. For sure. Fun. But which like of the active players on the PGA Tour yeah. would want to do that? And I'm guessing that Augusta is going to rather defer to them than uh, I don't know. I think we could be due for some drama for that's, that dinner. I know that's the kind Jack, of, it's Jack kind of their be... dinner, right? It's not like the club's dinner. It's like their dinner. I know Jack's got a lot of uh, Saudi, yeah, you know, golf courses going up. He could be talking best practices from Royal Greens. God, Gary Player's going to try to mend all the. Fit. We need to come together <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Enough of this fighting. Both uh, sides, both sides stink <laughs> here. We had some other random tour news. Uh, the tour is, is is trying to ban non-members from playing in unauthorized events. I didn't read this story. I gotta. I need to catch Which, up. Haven't on they this. already done that? Like with Ogletree and things like that. Well, I think Ogletree was like he, he was, was a corn fairy tour member. Yeah, he was like a conditional corn fairy guy. So it'd be like you know guys that are that are PGA Tour U even stuff like that. 
So I'm assuming like the the kid that goes to Arkansas, it seems live adjacent stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Seems seems not particularly legal to <laughs> yeah. me, but uh, that, was, that was my first thought too. <laughs> they, they seem to be yeah picking a few fights that are like whoa shit guys like that that doesn't seem like the yeah. the way to go here. Like I I think I'm kind of um, with you when it comes to the top players that have agreed to like participate in this you know, pooled media rights thing. But yeah, I don't know about non-members. That seems not right. Yeah. Uh, the match play, this will be the last year in Austin. It sounds like it was kind of a a shit show from a sponsorship perspective. Dell hasn't been too keen on the uh, the match play element. <laughs> there was a, there was a of the, of there. the match play? <laughs> yeah. Hard to feel too much sympathy for that, <laughs> for that one. Like maybe you could have read, read the brochure a little bit. Well, well, I guess they. That one. I guess they. <laughs> I guess they put forth the idea of playing stroke play for the last thirty six holes. Huh. And, and Paul Casey yeah. said, "Well, what the fuck would you call it?" Yeah. <laughs> the tournament of champions. And but yeah, it sounds like it was kind of a, like they were trying to bring in Intel as like a presenting sponsor as well, and then the club sounds like there's just a lot of dynamics at at Austin Country Club as well, where they they weren't too keen on having the event and so the tour went radio silent on them was the quote and uh yeah so sounds like it's not the end of the match play it is it's the last gasp for the wgc's though like mm. as we know them you know r.i.p and i we've hinted at this and again we don't i don't think we know anything more than what we've hinted but like don't be surprised if the schedule looks drastically drastically different next year i know we not even just talking about the elevated events designated i'm so sorry tc um but like could be drastically different and like some stuff might just fall by the wayside what would be the ideal match play course to put it at i like that course for match play i mean it was really good for yeah yeah. i thought it was really good i mean very can't do this but tpc sawgrass for any kind of match play event would be so sick why can't you do that Um, well, I just you're not going to do the players and another. Why? Why? Why not? Answer. I'll challenge you on that. Why not? Because it's there's only one gold standard, man. Yeah. This is our tournament. An overseed uh, one and a and a Bermuda match play would be like. I'd be in on that. Pretty sweet. Like even on Beal's article, it, there was a quote in there from somebody of like, yeah, like the thing about the 2023 schedule is it just gets us in 2024. Like it sounds yeah. like it's going to be yep. radically different. Hopefully, well, it sounded so. like I, I think in uh, Adam Shupak wrote the match play story, right? If I'm remembering right, and I th- I thought he said the Houston event was slotting into that place on the schedule. Which to your question, KVB, I, like, why not just make that the match play? I think that would actually be kind of sick. That golf course would be fun. Jim Crane. Yeah, that's that's Stroud's boy, right, Sally? Yeah, that's exactly right. He was here this week. Crane? I did not get yeah. to rub elbows with him, unfortunately. There's an LPGA. All access series saw that coming out, so I, we could probably talk about that in the context of the Netflix thing as well. Uh, in yeah. a couple of weeks, when we, when we do that, Q School moving to Sawgrass Country Club and and the Dive Valley course at uh, TBC Sawgrass. I think that's cool news. Our neck of the woods, yeah. TC. Bring it back. Q. We should try. Yeah. To, we should try to find a Q bag. School. That'd be sick. You should try to qualify, mm. Solly. You hit that three wood. <laughs> well, let me play as a four ball partner. Ride that Can wave. I, uh, probably can i pick up if my partner's in the hole uh how many instagram followers you have we're just uh just 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 closing out the notebook here ryan palmer won the mr palmer award uh it's, it's actually oh. it's actually the the arnie award I'm just tired of this uh, which seems congrats. really this really disrespectful nepotism in and, golf is just insane <laughs> and ryan palmer's grandson was in a playoff on the corn Ferry tour 
It was. Sam Saunders. <laughs> Flip Saunders' son. I thought that was Holly Saunders' son. <laughs> it's her husband. Yeah. He, oh, oh, he okay. lost to Pierce. Flip Saunders and he Holly Saunders' son. He lost to Pearson Cootie oh. uh, in a God, playoff. Pearson Cootie's fucking people up. Yeah. Uh, the cut on Corn Ferry was plus three. Minus three was got into a playoff. Sheesh. This was down in Panama. This so they're tough. going to Columbia this week. Uh, conditions must have been really fucking tough. So. And, and we, that's all I got. Not to punt this to the very end, Kevin, but uh, you know you had a wonderful first opening column, uh, your first writing with no laying up, and you made an enormous uh, career decision to come, you know, make jokes about Saddam Hussein on the No Laying Up podcast. <laughs> like, what? talk us through that decision. Are you? Are you? How do we feel like a few days in about this? Uh, I feel pretty good. Every boy's dream is to write for, you know, a, a place that hasn't published uh, any articles in, uh, you know, a couple of years. Total, uh, total sandbox for you, man. <laughs> yeah, it was like, do whatever you like want. The Ashley, the, the Ashley Bug DeVia G- Giovanni do article. Do my journalism the skills. Like, oh, no one else had that story but me. <laughs> also, don't look that up. For the <laughs> uh, no, I, I am really uh, proud to um, be working with y'all. It's uh it's it's been a fun uh, week so far. Just uh, you know, being in behind the curtain and uh, laughing at the same stuff. And uh, you know, again, I, I'm grateful for all the people who out there who uh, you know welcomed me in and then just made me already feel like I was part of the community and stuff. And uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun stuff this year. We're gonna write a lot about a, a lot of cool shit. I'm gonna go to a lot of. Uh, you know, all the majors and some of the other big tournaments. And I think, you know, we'll, I'll be at Riviera uh, next uh, next week. And so we'll have some on-the-ground uh, insight from there. And uh, DJ and I have talked about some cool narrative pods. And I know there'll be more of the look-back kind of deep-dive pods that Sally and I were doing that people seem to love. And so uh, we got lots of fun stuff coming. And I just wanted to give a shout-out as well to everyone that has supported us over the years, Nest members that have – you know, supported us and kind of helped our business grow to the point where we are able to make a move like this and to bring Kevin into the fold and continue to provide like that, that just that kind of stuff just goes right back into the company and into the content and into what has made this thing uh, successful. And we we owe it to, to everyone that supported us at every step. And that includes you, Kevin, like you were just an incredible supporter of us from Back all the way back to 2015, when I had no idea why an ESPN journalist was like following us on Twitter, and we sparked a friendship, and uh, it has led to this. And uh, we are incredibly excited and thankful to have you aboard. And there's some amazing things to come. I really do think so. So that's it on our announcements for the year. By the way, we had a lot come in the first couple months here, but I think that's kind of it. People are like, "What's next?" I'm like, "Dude, like, we, we title us, we did the JT thing, we had KB. Like, that's a lot. All right, let's let's just let us get into a rhythm here." The, the hot stove is the hot stove is cooling yeah. now at, the, at this point. Someday I'll tell the story about how two days after meeting Sally, I tried to get him up for golf at 5 a.m. <laughs> uh, to go play the castle course in St. Andrews, and he this just wasn't just... having it. Apparently, he had, he had read Doak's Confidential Guide and was like, fuck the castle course. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting out of bed for this. I, uh, I have accepted yeah. so much slander for this. I only missed our tea time by eight hours. That's so unfair. <laughs> like, I got out of bed at 2 p.m. Like, I was so close. We almost did it. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty wild that like you know to open up twitter or instagram or whatever and like mina kimes and wright thompson and like like big capital j journalists are like heavyweights of the space it's pretty 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 surreal yeah we we hired espn senior writer away from them like man that's cool so 
it was cool but and also like it's credit to you guys that no one was like what the yeah fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, even my parents were like no this makes sense like you know this is cool like i know this has been what you've been interested in for quite a while so that was, that was cool. and i think uh you know if neil was here he would be prodding us to promote uh i think we're gonna have kevin on the nest podcast uh in the coming probably weeks coming days coming weeks i don't really know when you guys are recording that but uh nest members that's a it's a extra podcast we do every month uh for them some of kevin's writing is going to be uh for nest members only i think there's a lot of people who are like well i really enjoyed you know hearing kevin uh reading kevin write about football and it's like well he wrote a tom brady thing uh this week about his retirement that that was uh, i think that one was actually open to everybody but in the future those would be for for nest members so nolingup.com slash join if if you're interested and to be his golf content is going to be where we publish. Yeah, yeah. All. It's all going to be in front of a paywall. We're not throwing KBV yeah. behind the paywall, but he's going to do some bonus stuff behind the paywall. So that's true. And we're going to have uh, bi week, bi monthly uh, mailbags uh, that if you're a Nest member, you can ask uh, a a question about literally anything, and I will uh, answer it in the mailbag for the larger uh, audience. And I've been pouring through those already. So uh, if you're desperate to ask a, a question about uh, literally uh, anything i will answer it as i've been picking through some some weirdo ones of you sickos uh, already and uh, i think we got a good good fun one look for that later this week and then just looking back at content this week uh zalatoris on the you pod uh vociferously uh supported the eye test which i thought was really really cool in like one little thing that wasn't even about like ignoring statistics like you you're trying too hard you, the lady doth protest too much here listen you people go listen to it you can you, yeah, you can be the judge you be the eye, yeah. you be use the, the ear test on that one uh speaking of the eye test kvv poosh randy and i got together for the <laughs> nfl <laughs> trap draw uh been an eye test a lot symposium of, a lot of, of eagles fans coming at me uh you know that sort of thing and then uh we posted the cavendish film room uh over from lanai as well and um upcoming uh tc or sorry randy and i are chopping this week we've got a guest pod on nlu up on wednesday and then uh, we're working ahead for the week of the 14th uh we're gonna do a big review of the netflix full swing we're gonna be the uh, only ones and doing that only podcast doing exactly. that for sure mm -hmm. yeah. so. Oh, don't go go anywhere else except for us. Yeah, uh, and we and we've got a JT uh, Stinky Jordan film room director's cut coming up, right? Yeah, kind of something we haven't really ever done before. I guess probably more like a reaction video, that, if I was going to use a horrible term, than a uh, than a director's cut. But basically, just there was a lot that got left on the cutting room floor, so wanted to get Solly and uh, Neil kind of back in the booth and just really dig into a couple of uh, specific moments and play some more audio that didn't make it and stuff like that. So that'll be, uh, that'll be coming out this week too. And then last thing is just the, uh, the Sweetens, our, our, our house at Sweetens. We've got uh, passes going live this Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central time. Uh, you can get guaranteed passes when you book the house, which is kind of a game changer for that place. It's been tough to get passes the last few years. So I gotta say, I, I'm tempted to book some passes, you know, to get down there. My wife's going to graduate from Vanderbilt in a doctorate program soon, and uh, I want to go down there and play Sweetens while I'm at it. Play maybe play without the Shanks, which I had massively last time I played Sweetens. So was that where you had the club throw? <laughs> no, that was Black Creek. Uh, no, that was well, that was at Black uh, Creek. Uh, Black Creek. Trip. Trip, uh, yeah. Many yeah, many people have been saying trip. it's been it's been five years since the uh, historic Thirsty Cup. The committee was talking about maybe re 
you know it's like the eddie yeah exactly maybe getting everybody Send back the invites yeah. out yeah Stay, watch this space for their information uh question for you guys real quick do you think there's gonna be any like so we got the phoenix event this week is it gonna feel different I think, I think this one's going to feel different. I think this is the first yeah. one. I'm going to go out for the first three days of the tournament, I think, and just kind of soak up what I can. And and I didn't think Kapalua felt like different, and I think this one probably will. I'm hoping it does, because I think if not, there's some serious problems going on. So, uh, yeah. but I think it'll feel different. Do you? I do. Yeah. I think it, you know, and it's Super Bowl week there, too. Yeah. It's going to be a fucking madhouse. It's be right? nuts. Yeah. So. And and it's the trophy of Son, too. This Two. Week. Not another Ross. Not come I? Not the Rosal Kamaya too. <laughs> I wanted to say just closing thank you to many most people were out to see Bill Murray, but the few NLU fans that were out there in vests and hats and things like that, a big thank you and for all the tremendous nice messages we got this week on uh supporting the the fun week I had and uh for you guys for supporting it and it was just a true uh true true thrill and thanks for putting up with my stories and uh not letting me go too far down the leaderboard on on some of my shots. I got it if you want to Top hear about we no, we T12. We made the cut, didn't get to play the final okay. round. So I do think I probably have a rain check somewhere to play Pebble. Um, I would assume. So I'll, I'll be <laughs> taking the tourney up on that whenever I get a chance. But <laughs> well, congrats, Ollie. Happy for you. That was that was very fun to follow along. I know that was a that was a big one. That was that was a blast. So Amen. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we will see you back here at this time next week to recap uh, the waste management. It's we were originally teased that we were going to be going live. It's going to be during the Super Bowl, so we're not going to go live. Uh, we're going to do a regular podcast. It'll be up uh, for Monday of next week. But uh, everyone, enjoy the week. Enjoy Super Bowl week, and we'll see you back here next week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 